The Newport Folk Festival is a long-standing event in Newport, Rhode Island. Dating back to 1959, the festival has been graced with a wide range of music icons, including Johnny Cash, Earl Scruggs, Joan Baez, John Lee Hooker, and of course, Bob Dylan, who made his first appearance in 1963. Dylan was warmly received during this first performance, but upon his return to the festival in 1965, he was booed by large sections of the crowd. Why? Because of electricity. Dylan and his band were fully amplified, as was the first half of his newest album of the time, Bringing It All Back Home. Some of Dylan's diehard folk audience wasn't ready to accept this new direction and accused Dylan of betraying his roots. Obviously, Dylan was not deterred by this and continued to have an incredibly successful career. But one can't help but think of those booing fans every time an artist takes their music in a new direction. In 1992, Metallica took a similar risk by leaving their thrash metal stylings behind and moving to a slower, heavier form of music. Their efforts culminated in their self-titled fifth studio album, more commonly known as the Black Album. Upon debut, the album took the number one spot in ten different countries and spent four weeks atop the Billboard 200. The risk had paid off. Perhaps the riskiest song on the album was the third single they released. Singer and rhythm guitarist James Hetfield wrote the song while on the road and had no intentions to make it commercially available, deeming it to be too personal. Quote, At first I didn't even want to play it for the guys. I thought that Metallica could only be the four of us. These are songs about destroying things, headbanging, bleeding for the crowd, whatever it is, as long as it wasn't about chicks and fast cars, even though that's what we liked. The song was about a girlfriend at the time. It turned out to be a pretty big song, said Hetfield. Drummer Lars Ulrich convinced Hetfield to record and release the track. The long, dark ballad was a far cry from their earlier work, and even stood out amongst contemporary hits like Enter Sandman and Wherever I May Roam. Nevertheless, it hit number 11 on the Billboard mainstream rock tracks, number 6 on the UK singles charts, and number 1 in Denmark. The single has gone on to be a live staple for the band, and its lyrics of unbreakable love have resonated with more than just Hetfield and his partner. Quote, I remember going to the Hells Angels Clubhouse in New York, and they showed me a film that they put together of one of the Fallen Brothers, and they were playing this song. Wow, this means a lot more than missing my chick, right? This is Brotherhood. The Army could use this song. It's pretty powerful. That's right, we're talking Nothing Else Matters by Metallica on Cover Me. Couldn't be much more from the heart Forever trusting who we are And nothing else matters That's right, it's Cover Me, the only podcast that talks about famous songs and their many cover versions and compares them against one another to find out which one couldn't be much more from the heart. I'm your host as always, Jake Cressy, joined by my open-minded co-host, Alex Mildenberger. Alex Mildenberger, how you doing? Oh, I'm doing pretty okay. Is this you embodying open-mindedness? No, Sometimes. I'm just... I'm just picking a cadence and, and sticking with it. Sticking with I, it. I kind of. <laughs> right. I, I do like. That. I think my favorite non bit is you trying to surely through tone of voice embody whatever adjective I give you. Every yeah, week. but I'm not really an actor, so I don't know how to emote. How to do that. So. Eh. Yeah. I think you're doing great. I think it's a treat, a delight, a pleasure, <laughs> Alex. You're doing good today. That's great. The weather is happening, as always. Oh, as um, always. It sure is happening. Just can't get enough of it. Oh, another thing we can't get enough of, the uh, the host. You call it the host? The producer, host, director, and sh- sole creator and proprietor of the hit gaming channel, Noiseberry Games. We got John Bell back in the studio, back-to-back episodes. John, how's it going? 
Doing good, thank you. Um, Alex, I just want to echo that I do like that bit as well. <laughs> it's it's not going to stop. It's not, definitely good. not going to stop, and thank you. Don't stop, never stop. Uh, don't stop, get it, get it, until you jet ahead it. That's a reference to today's song, Feel Good Inc. Um, <laughs> no, it's not. John, what do you, do you call yourself as... The entity behind Noiseberry Games. What's the title? <laughs> what do I call myself? I think I like have it on my resume. Um, mm-hmm. like, the, probably the, like j- the jar, right? The jar <laughs> in Noiseberry Games. Yeah, <laughs> Noiseberry Games. <laughs> I think just like creator, I get owner, maybe owner, proprietor. Yeah. Like like everything, I do it all. So yeah. yes, I, and it would be annoying to list all of those titles. Yeah, just all. Uh, all around. What, what's it? Oddsbodsman? Something like that? Yeah, there I you like go. I like that better than Jack of all trades. Yeah, I'm the oddsbodsman of Noiseberry Games. <laughs> it's got a good ring to it. That's good. I do like that. Um, John, just so we don't fuck it up like we did last week, can you plug absolutely everything right off the top here? What can people? Where can people find your stuff? What can they look forward to in uh, right now? What's oh, yeah, hot on call. the channel? We we got we got through like two whole hours and forgot to mention it. <laughs> uh, you can find the channel at noiseberrygames.com. Bought a bought a URL for this one because nobody had snapped it up because I waited like five years. Uh, unlike Damn. jardev.com, um, you could just find it by searching on YouTube Noiseberry Games. You can apparently find it by searching my name on uh, Google, which is slightly concerning for my professional career. Um, right. You can find me on Twitter at Sir John Snow. Excellent. Now, is there a lot of discrimination against gamers in your field? You don't have to specify your field, but... <laughs> no, it, I, I don't think so. Um, actually, like, sort of related, we had a... we had, like, a, a Zoom meeting in my, my group in my unspecified field right, and man, um, fucking zoom meetings yeah not, not keen on those let me tell you <laughs> oh, i don't mind those actually they're all right um but yeah like i, I mentioned that I, I made gaming videos on youtube and um one of the the higher ups messaged me afterwards and i was like hey my my husband really likes video games can you tell me your channel and i like sent it to to them and they were like oh yeah no worries i found it by just googling your name <laughs> I was like, okay <laughs> please don't judge <laughs> That's too bad because you actually sent him a link to PewDiePie just to be like, yeah, I'm the most successful streamer <laughs> Yeah, this, on yeah, this is me. <laughs> that's me. It's my persona. <laughs> well, that's good. It's good to see there's no gamer discrimination in the workplace. It's, no, you know, definitely we've been, not. We've been fighting long and hard for that. And it's, it's <laughs> good to see it come to fruition. We have been very oppressed, it's got to be said. It's true, it's true. I've been saying for years, gamers rise up. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> um, this week we're talking, this whole, almost a month, we've almost had a theme month of John Bale content. This, this is a bespoke podcast for just you, John. Holy crap, yeah, it's, it's like three in a row, right? Persona, and now we're talking Metallica. Amazing. Um, neither Alex or I are huge Metallica fans, though I was surprised to find out that I knew this song. Um, oh, I'm surprised. Yeah, when the when the chorus kicks in, I was like, "Oh, yeah, I fucking know this." Huh, but just, John, just from like radio or something, I guess. Yeah, yeah, I would suppose. But John, tell us about Metallica and your your long lusty history. Oh man, it is it is a long history actually. Like, um, I was I was looking back on when I went to see Metallica, and it was two thousand eight. I was like, that can't be right. That was like simultaneously decades ago and like three years ago. Um, and so, yeah, it turns out I have actually been listening to Metallica for, for ages now. I got really into them 
uh, in high school because of friend of the podcast, Ronald Chang. Hell yeah. We still need to get him on. I There's so many good things to get him on for as part of the trouble. Same trouble we had with you for a bit. It's like almost every song we do can be like, ah, we can bring him on. Yeah. Uh, and I just haven't made the effort to reach out. That's fair. <laughs> um, but yeah, like Ronald got me really into Metallica um, at the start of high school. And then they uh, they came here later that semester. And I went there with, with Ronald and other friend of the podcast, Stephen Reynolds. We all went to Metallica The original together. friend of the podcast. Was, was he the original, original friend? friend of the podcast? He was our first guest, that's all. Whoa. He was our first guest, that's right. <laughs> OG friend of the podcast, Stephen Reynolds. There you go. Uh, but Damn, yeah, yeah. Like, I, I kind of fell off them as my musical tastes changed over time, but I'll, I'll still still listen to them occasionally. But yeah, they, they were, for a long time, my absolute favorite band ever. Wow. Hell yeah, they're uh, yeah they're one of the uh, the big four. Is that correct in in metal? The big four of thrash metal, yeah. Thrash Alongside, metal. Uh, Megadeth, Anthrax, and Slayer. Okay, all right. Are there other big fours? Um, we got a building in Calgary. <laughs> <laughs> I That's knew you were going to say that, Alex. <laughs> That's true. We do have that. Like um, so like funnily enough, on on the metalcore subreddit, like I think about a, a week ago, somebody made a post saying like. Who do you think would be the the big four of metalcore? But like, there's no like like the the big four of thrash metal is like just common knowledge in thrash metal that it's those four. Whereas like in metalcore, people were having all kinds of debates about which bands would be the big four. So I don't think I think thrash metal for some reason is the only one with that established big four. Mm, maybe just because of like its earlier roots. You know, in more modern times, every genre is sort of splintered, and like even what is popular is depends on who you talk to. True, Whereas yeah. Back when Metallica and like Slayer and Anthrax were coming up, it was much more of a monoculture. Or if you were listening to thrash metal, it was like it was pretty much those four bands. Pretty much, yeah, yeah. There wasn't as much variety back then, and like it did kind of explode in the the eighties. Yeah. Okay, interesting. Um, and John, this song also features in Guitar Hero Metallica. Have you ever played that? I have. I I think I still have it. I I, I might have sold it. Um, but yeah, I had it for PS3, and it was pretty good. It was like fifty Metallica songs plus like a bunch of other stuff. Um, yeah, it was it was pretty good. It's no rock band, but it it did the did the trick. Did the trick. Yeah, of the band specific spinoff games, of which I, I think there's three, actually four maybe. For Guitar Hero, um, Guitar Hero and Rock Band, because Beatles, the Rock Band did Beatles, right? They did yeah. the Beatles Rock Band, it's a Green Day Rock got, Band. Oh, they did Green Day Rock Band as well. I thought that might have been Guitar Hero. So yeah, and you got two on the Rock Band side, and ACDC. Yeah, I didn't know about that one. Okay, and then there's Guitar Hero, Aerosmith, uh, Guitar Hero, Metallica, and Guitar. Is there Guitar Hero Van Halen? Ah. Uh. I can't remember now, actually. I wouldn't be too surprised. I think I feel like Guitar Hero did more like um, single band ones than rock band did. But this was yeah. a this was a long time ago. Now I think it does exist. Like, oh. yeah. huh. So I was gonna ask, what's what's the best of those spinoffs of of the band related spinoffs? I think Guitar Hero Metallica is actually the only one I've played. <laughs> <laughs> Because, like, obviously, like, Rock Band now, like, I'm on Rock Band 4, I've got all of my 
previous rock band stuff all like imported into it but you can't do it with um the the standalone games so i never mm. bothered with like the the beatles rock band or anything because like i would have had to go back like three iterations of the game and like a whole console generation to play it so and it was your ps3 I, I don't really want to bust out the ps3 <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah I, and so i just never did those ones fair fair enough Good to see Rock Band still kicking. Um, Alex, tell me everything that you know about Metallica. Oh, this will be easy. Uh, not a whole lot. Easy. All <laughs> right. Um, Thank you. Uh, yeah. Moving on. I don't, like, no, pretty much, yeah, like, Enter Sandman. Yeah, that would be my it's entry pretty much point it. into like, Metallica like as well. Rock Band. And, and Battery. Uh, sorry? And Battery, because that was on Rock Band 2. Don't remember. Oh, okay. Don't we, remember Battery. Oh, we played that one so much, though. <laughs> uh, if I listened to it, maybe. But I, I'm, I'm, I honestly, I realized I didn't actually pay attention to the songs a lot. I was really focused on hitting. Oh, yeah. Hitting the, I don't know. Hitting the notes or the drums or whatever. But, Alex um, was in the pocket. He was in the groove. You know? Yeah. So, like, a lot of the times, I, uh, yeah, I would just, like, play whatever we were playing. And then, I don't know. Bizarre. But, um... The only other thing I remember about Metallica is when Death Magnetic came out, everyone seemed really stoked about it. But I wasn't really into Metallica at the time. Or mm. ever. But at that time, particularly. But that's pretty much it. It's because right. the album immediately prior to Death Magnetic was uh, atrocious. Yes. It was Sate Anger, and it was terrible. And then Death Magnetic was like a return to form after their weird like radio rock stuff in the early 2000s and late 90s. Right. So that's why people were excited about that one in 2008. Was that... Did, were they the ones who did Lulu with uh, Lou Reed? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I think that was like uh, 2011 right. or something. Yeah, they did They okay. did Lulu. Yeah, yeah. Lulu. A that was a staff album. recommendation at, at Urban Sound Exchange. Yeah. You know what staff recommendations <laughs> usually are? Product they're trying to shuffle off. Because <laughs> <laughs> nobody wants to buy Lulu. <laughs> yeah. Oh boy. Um, we're talking about Metallica today specifically because they recently released a massive collection of songs, all covers of the Black Album, uh, called the Metallica Blacklist, and it features a bunch of like big name bands uh, doing Metallica covers. And it's not just like one for each song; it's like fucking ten. Yeah, it's weird. There were like four to six versions of like each song, but there's a ton yeah. of them. Except for like the back, like third of the album like the very last song there's one cover of it <laughs> <laughs> the deep cuts they're like i don't know nobody really wants to do the struggle within which sucks because it's a great song but yeah like it's it's a very like the black album is very front heavy mm. which actually leads me into a fun fact um for one of their anniversary tours of the black album um in 2012 they played the album in its entirety but they played it back to front because it is so like front heavy. So they wanted to finish off with like Enter Sandman instead of like the struggle within. Uh, Not many people would know, right? Because yeah, you got to keep people waiting. If they played Enter Sandman first, like a quarter of the audience would have left right away. Yeah, probably. <laughs> yeah, but there's so many ver like we're talking about several of the versions off of this, but like not all of them for sure. There's a ton of them. So yeah, any big doing, like, half. any big Darius Rucker fans? Sorry. Not today. Sorry, it just Any didn't make the cut. I, I wanted there. to put Darius Rucker on, but it 
Like, I had to go through these and then decide which ones were over eight minutes because that was an instant cut. Did you <laughs> listen to that one? I I skimmed through it. I listened to the whole thing out of interest to see why anybody would make this song eight minutes. And it's just, like, beat for beat, like, the entire song and then just two extra minutes of a country guitar solo. And it was not yeah. good. Yeah, that's kind of what I figured. So I was trying to really go for the ones that were were at least slightly interesting and some of it was just name value some of it was like oh this is a this is a complete left turn from what everyone else did mm -hmm. um but yeah we're talking exclusively about the blacklist today and we're talking about nothing else matters why is that john you requested this song specifically oh right so um obviously i, I mean there's like what 50 plus songs on the blacklist something like that yeah. 53 songs um and, like, obviously that's a lot to go through. Spotify says it's about four hours. Thank you for the specifics there, Spotify. <laughs> um, but, uh, like, a, a British heavy metal magazine I, I follow posted an article that was every song on the Metallica Blacklist uh, ranked from worst to best. And so I thought, oh, I'll just head down to, like, the very bottom and get a good idea of um, which versions to listen to. And the, the very... The, the very best version was a version of Nothing Else Matters. So I thought it would be a, a, a good good song to do. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah, it's definitely... And like, like I, I mentioned in the intro, it's like a, it's an oddball even for Metallica songs. So it's, a, it's an interesting one to pick out of everything on there. And we do have a, a very strange cast of, of covering artists to talk about this week. But before we get into that, we're of course going to discuss the original and we're going to start off with some, some nice, simple, easy lyrics. So there's like three verses in this that are repeated several times. And then there's a chorus. Um, the chorus I think is slightly altered one time. Yeah. I never actually realized how few words there were in this song. Yeah. It's very tight it in terms of writing. A lot. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I didn't, didn't notice that. Mm-hmm. So, we come to verse 1. So close, no matter how far. Couldn't be much more from the heart. Forever trusting who we are, and nothing else matters. Well, we know it's kind of the history of the song. Mm -hmm. It's it's about being on the road. Being on the road, we've talked about in the past. Um, yeah, and yeah, yeah. missing your, your loved ones who are not on the road with you. So... And that's yeah, what matters. Yeah, the Metallica is, version of Faithfully by Journey. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so it's 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 well-trodden ground. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, uh, so close no matter how far. I think it's a pretty, pretty decent line. Like, it's not about the physical distance. It's about the emotional distance, and they're close together in that. Yeah. This is, I think the thing that shocked me the most coming to the lyrics this week after listening to this song was how positive they are. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, so like, the, the they they did um, Metallica did another like fairly heavy like acoustic song on their second album called Fade to Black, and that one was very like dark. It's it's all about like suicidal themes and stuff. And so mm -hmm. like until this week, for some reason, I guess like I always kind of blocked out the else part of Nothing Else Matters, and like I just heard the title and thought oh yeah it's a very negative song and i just never paid attention to the lyrics right nothing I, I, matters yeah exactly um but yeah when I, I looked at them this week i was like oh it's actually like pretty upbeat <laughs> yeah and like even listening to it i was like okay nothing else matters you must be talking about like 
the grind of being a musician, like, oh, being yeah. on the road and making that's what matters and that sucks because I want to be in love or whatever. But no, it's he's really just like, we love each other and physical distance cannot defeat that, you know. Uh, concept covered in Shakira's whenever, wherever. Uh, and, <laughs> like, we trust in ourselves and who we are and trust each other. Like, what? It's pretty sappy, honestly. Yeah, it's very, like, unmetallica y. Yeah. So I can understand his, like, reticence in being like, well, th- like, this isn't a Metallica song. Yeah. It's not about destruction or, or the other topics he talked about in that quote. <laughs> I mean, that's pretty much it if it's not chicks or cars. Destruction. Yeah. The other thing. I like that that was their limit. They're like, we don't talk about chicks and cars, even though we love those things. That's <laughs> <laughs> yeah, true, actually. <laughs> like, I guess they're I not mean, really like thrash metal themes, though. <laughs> yeah, chicks that is more cars. just like, like hair know, metal. glam rock. Like, yeah, 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 hair metal. That was just like pushing back against what was popular, I assume. I guess so, yeah. Yeah, I suppose. So then we come into verse two. Never opened myself this way. Life is ours. We live it our well, our way. All these words I don't just say, and nothing else matters. Man, that third line really like sticks out. <laughs> just like because the extra like words in it. Mm-hmm. All these words I don't just say. It like took me a, a couple of reads to figure out what he was actually saying. Because he's serious, bro. Yeah, yeah. He's dead serious. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, it's he just is. like. It's just kind of extra words. But yeah, he means think, what he's saying, basically. Yeah, that's exactly it, but he says it yeah. like he's Yoda. I yeah. Think <laughs> fun, because, like, the story behind the song is that he was going to keep it sort of to himself. Like, it was just for him, and then he kind of showed the other guys, and they told him to... that, And then they eventually decided to record it. But the beginning of the verse is, I never opened myself this way, when he was really going to keep that closed. That's Originally. true, yeah. I mean, he'd probably play it for his girlfriend, but... True, true. So I guess he's still expressing it, obviously, but uh, just interesting. It kind of became more true uh, when they ended up recording it. Yeah. Yeah, and I think, like, one of the later, like, genius notes was, like, maybe this verse is about, like, um, how they're, like, they've obviously, like, moving on from their previous, like, thrash roots in the, the other four albums to a very different album, the Black Album. Um... And so, like, never open myself this way is could be a, a way of him talking about like the album as a whole as it being very right. different. Yeah, yeah. Genius really seemed to think, and I think Metallica fans in general seem to think this song is for them, and yeah, not not for James Hetfield and his girlfriend because they bring up that idea on I think verse three as well, where he's like, he's telling us to have an open mind for yes. his new music, bro. It's like I don't think that's what it is, but I don't think it is either. But like. The verse three is like fairly different in tone to like verse one. Like verse one is like very much between him and his girlfriend. It looks like, mm-hmm. but then verse three, uh, I don't know, just doesn't sound like it's quite him and his girlfriend anymore. Yeah, it's uh, it's uh, and the the broad interpretation of this is part of what's made it stuck, right? Because it's not just read as him talking to his girlfriend on the phone or whatever. Yeah, but I I do think it is uh, a stretch to say that he's like writing to be like hey guys keep in mind this album's pretty good don't, yes yeah don't, i think that's don't be mad at the album <laughs> it's like okay that's I a think. that's a genius thing yeah it doesn't yeah. yeah i never got that impression where he's kind of half apologizing or not apologizing but like dismissing criticisms that didn't exist yet yeah yeah it certainly exactly. didn't exist when he wasn't planning on recording this at all yeah yeah 
Uh, but, but yeah, verse... that said, no, sorry, just about the life. Life is ours. We live it our way. Line. I mean, I'm looking at this line, and I'm looking at the album cover, and it has the like libertarianism snake on it. The "Don't Tread That's on right. Me" snake. They also have a song called "Don't Tread on Me" on this album. That is they on do. the album. So like, I, it just seems to be a bit of his like personal philosophy. I think leaking in. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. But also kind of it's rock and roll. Like we do what we want. Well, and that also links to the chorus too. Where he says, yeah. never cared for what they do, never cared for what they know. Yeah. He's doing his own shit. Um, yeah, so he, the first two is kind of like, uh, I'm being vulnerable. Um, our life is like unique in our own, and you know, I'm serious, and nothing else matters. It's kind of just backing up verse one, really. Yeah. And then we do come to verse three. Trust I seek and I find in you. Every day for us something new. Open mind for a different view. Nothing else matters. Which, yeah, I would take to just be about, like, I mean, there's the trust I seek, they trust them, yeah. But then the rest of the verse is kind of just, like, we seek new experience in our lives, and that's an important thing. So, yeah. yeah it's like, a, like, it's like about living life mind. together and, and doing exciting things, basically. Yeah. Oh, yeah, there's no, like, like uh, drudgery setting in, right? It's not boring. You know, like, every yeah. day for us there's something new, and we keep an open mind for a different view, and that's... And that's positive. Yeah. That's yeah. a positive thing. It's very positive. <laughs> but yeah, it's I guess the trust he seeks and finds could be in his bandmates. It could be in the audience who he trusts to to listen to this music and, and like it. It could uh, be. That's definitely a reading that people have mm-hmm. made. So yeah, that's that's the verses taken care of. And then I, I've already touched on the chorus. Never cared for what they do. Never cared for what they know. But I know. Yeah, I, I get, that one doesn't seem as like personalized, I guess. Yeah, it's it's sort of detached from the rest of the song. It does feel a bit, but I guess like if this did start as like him just you know strumming a guitar and like singing to his girlfriend on the phone, um, maybe he wouldn't have come up with a chorus at that point. He might have just come up with the verses like mm-hmm. in a very loose yeah. format. So the the chorus might have come in. After Lars was like, no, this is a song on the album now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'd believe that. And I, I guess it is it is sort of a romantic sentiment still being like, I don't care what the other people say. We're going to live life our way, baby. And it's like, all right. Yeah. 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 Uh, my only question is, what does he know? But I know. What does he know? <laughs> does he know things? He must know some things. Let's find out. <sighs> Google, what does James Hetfield know? <laughs> <laughs> what did James Hetfield know in 1991? Presumably slightly less than he knows now. Probably. You'd think, you'd hope. Um, yeah, my only thing is that I guess he knows what they do and what they know. So even though he doesn't care, he's aware of it. So he's he's making a a, a, a stance from an informed position. That's my best understanding oh, I guess so, of yeah. what I know. I don't care what they know. I know what they know. <laughs> but I know what they know, and okay. I know what they do, and I don't care for it. Uh, yeah, yeah, sure. <laughs> that's my best guess. That's uh, that's all I got for you. Yeah, it's 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 sort of like a an, an almost like nonsense line, really. Mm-hmm. Doesn't have kind of a, seem to have much meaning. Yeah, it, it's just a catchy chorus, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. At the end of the day, that really is what it is. Yeah. 
Um, and then, of course, we get a slightly altered chorus where he says, never cared for what they say, never cared for games they play. And then you get the rest of the chorus. Oh, of course, he says, and I know. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I wonder if he, just because the chorus follows the third verse and he talks about seeking trust and uh, this is a bit of a stretch. Are the they people he doesn't trust when he seeks his trust? Places he doesn't? I don't know. Man. It's th- it's that you know that uh, could be anybody that vague they that they throw around yeah. when you <laughs> when you're the like oh yeah they. you know the, yeah people the royal they is like, the people that people that he doesn't care for and that he doesn't yeah you know there, like there's the us of... and them right and so yeah they they are yeah. them I mean I can relate to that it just feels like people are fucking around sometimes they're like I have no time for this yeah these games these games they play. Um, I'm just thinking of Doctor Manhattan now sitting on, sitting on Mars, just because he's isolated. Yeah, and he says like I'm tired of oh. their their lives or whatever. It's yeah, it's one of those memes everything. that goes around. You know, <laughs> they, you put somebody else's face on it. <laughs> it's Garfield now, and he's I'm tired of these people and their Mondays or whatever. And you see it on the internet is what I'm saying. Mondays, <laughs> hate those. And, that's it. That's the Unless lyrics. Unless I have some lasagna. <laughs> Unless you consider guitar solo a lyric. I wouldn't. No, he doesn't. He doesn't Sounds say like... guitar solo in this one. No, certainly not. Nor does doesn't he say guitar sound. outro. No, this isn't. Uh, I believe in a thing called love, yeah, or he exclaims on, guitar. Yeah. All right. That's what the lyrics say. What's the song sound like, people? What does it sound like? The song sounds much more melancholy than the lyrics. Oh, yeah. Presumably, and tense, but presumably um, kind of, maybe not so much as a contrast, but the, the, the ideas are positive, but there's also the sort of underlying fact behind them that they're only writing the lyrics, or he's only writing the lyrics because he's separate from this person. So as much as they're saying, you know, we'll, we're strong, the relationship is strong, they are still separated, and that is still negative. Yeah, that's, uh, I think you, you hit the nail on the head there, Alex, is that it is that's being sung be. from the perspective of him on the road where that distance, while it doesn't destroy the relationship, is inconvenient. Yeah, or, yeah it's, it's tough. Distance it's a, is tough. A, a bummer, as, you might call it. As has yeah. been said. Which is what he said. Like he said, he wrote it uh, on their 1990 tour while he was, mm-hmm. like, he, like he said while he was bumming out about being away from home. I, I took that as like just being like bummed out about being away from home. Yeah, I assume yeah, that's, that's what he meant. Right. Yeah, Unless he was just just hanging ass. <laughs> yeah, I could just picture him like ass out like the RV window going down the road, just writing, <laughs> sighing loudly. <laughs> I'm going through something. <laughs> But yeah, I think I think that makes sense that like the the instruments would be a bit more, um, more melancholy than the, the lyrics. Yeah, mm-hmm. Just throwing adjectives around. It's and yeah, especially good. he's talking about how nothing else matters except this love, and then he doesn't have the means to to act on that because he is out on the road. Yeah. So so there is this like sort of feudal emotion that comes into play, and that's I think where the chorus comes in, and he gets kind of shouty so yeah i think it does play specifically to the the context of james hetfield writing the song more than it plays to what is written in the song yes 
Um, and that's it. It opens with a guitar arpeggio on open strings, which apparently makes it very easy for new guitar players to play. Yeah, this is um, this is at one point I could play a handful of Metallica song intros on guitar, and this was probably the easiest one. It's just like hmm. uh, open notes on like four strings, and then as soon as it gets to like the hammer ons and stuff, I, I gave up. But I could do the opening bit. Right. Hey, that's what matters. Yeah, yeah. Supposedly, he was James Hetfield was learning to play classical guitar at the time, so he wanted to do some of his like finger picking stuff. Yeah. To sort of show off. Yeah, and that's why there is like an almost Spanish guitar vibe on this. Like slash cowboy vibe. There's a little bit of yeehaw, a little bit of Spanish. Yeah, just I think it's also just kind of the vibe of the 90s in some ways. True. And yeah, I guess that's just what he was like learning, presumably learning in his classical guitar lessons. Like that's mm -hmm. probably what you, you're taught. Yeah, that's probably what you're taught. And so, yeah, we, we start out with this. Um, also worth noting that the, the regular lead guitarist, Kirk Hammett, is that correct? Kirk Hammett, yeah. Yeah, does not play the solo on this. Yeah. Yeah, I thought he that was interesting. Uh, yeah, he apparently didn't learn to play the song until like halfway through the tour for this yeah, album. Yeah, like they were already <laughs> on the tour. <laughs> yeah, because James, James Hetfield is like exclusively the rhythm guitarist and Kirk is like lead guitar and does the solos. So mm -hmm. yeah, this is like one of the only songs where Kirk doesn't play the solo. Yeah. So another another little fun fact about this one. So we get like a minute of of instrumental intro on this before vocals come in. Yeah, and then even once the vocals do come in, this song is like very restrained. Yeah, very down low. So as much as they do like kind of add stuff as they go, and it does build, things happen, things change, you know, kind of on a verse by verse basis. But it's mm -hmm. not, but they they keep it down pretty low. Yeah, because we forgot to even simple. mention the uh, the orchestration that comes in before the yeah. vocals. Yeah, because it's mixed very quietly, uh, done by a man named Michael Common. Yeah, who worked with David Bowie and Pink Floyd. Hell yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. um, there's also tambourines. Those are very quiet as well. They like start at the same time as the like strings part comes in. Damn, I might have missed those. Just very occasional. I definitely like, missed those. Uh, oh yeah, I hear them. Just a little. Didn't yeah, pay much little... attention to the drums. They're very slow. I think Are um, the drums there. No, this is this is before the drums come in because oh, the, the drums, drums in, yeah. start with the, vocals, with the vocals. Like yeah, yeah, the tambourines come in with the the orchestra. I just noticed them because I was like, "Are those are those tambourines on a Metallica song?" And they sure are. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, the the drums do come in with the vocals, and then he's singing. Now. I don't have much background in Metallica, but he's tends to be a bit more like screamy shouty. Yes. Yeah, this is this is very like un Metallica y. Yeah. Typically his vocal performance is closer, it's like a more amped up version of what he does on the choruses. Yeah, because but that does takes a while to get to the chorus, because we don't get to a chorus for another like full minute. And that's when he kind of breaks out a bit. Yeah, that's right, because we do three verses, and he uh, he does them very like stretched out in terms of vocals. It's not a meatloaf, I'd do anything for love performance in terms of stretching sentences, <laughs> but it is it is slow. Yeah. yeah. Um, I don't know if you guys knew this, but James Hetfield was, wasn't originally supposed to be the vocalist. Um, when they that. were first starting, he was just playing rhythm guitar, um, and it was him and Lars, and they just never found a vocalist, and he just kept doing it it just kept filling in that's yeah. awesome <laughs> I'm, I'm pretty sure I, I read an interview from like here we are 
late 2000s where he like joked he was like i'm still waiting for us to find our our full-time vocalist (laughs) (laughs) oh that is fun well he does a pretty decent job obviously it's he's you know it's an iconic sound it is yeah yeah like by this point he presumably had lessons yeah yeah i i mean i assume like he's not still actually waiting yeah like if he can still sing decently and hasn't like totally blown his voice out then like i think he's doing fine at this point yeah which is surprising because he goes like hard on like the very first album and it's it's like very loud and pretty screamy so yeah kind of surprised (laughs) is i'm always surprised when like bands who start out that heavy with lots of screaming their like vocals can survive like a couple of those albums yeah, it is. Uh, it's that is impressive. Yeah, uh, I I did a Metallica impersonation, a James Hetfield impersonation yesterday for uh, my partner because she, she uh, thought she knew Enter Sandman, but uh, she was like, "Oh, you know, Enter Sandman's a soft song." I was like, "No, it's not. It sounds like this." And I did I did my James Hetfield, <laughs> and it really like scratched up my vocal cords, yeah. <laughs> like a concerning amount. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, imagine doing that for like a whole recording and like like a worldwide tour and like not learning how to to do it properly yeah i'm just amazed how like these these vocalists can keep going after so many years yeah that is that is something else so way to go james hetfield not professional uh vocalist professional rhythm guitarist for sure absolutely amateur vocalist (laughs) still So uh, yeah, we do, like, Alex, like you said, we? we do get slight layering in the verses, like this. Yeah, and uh, then in in verse three, the vocals double up too. That's right. Um, yeah, I'm pretty sure it's it's him harmonizing with himself. Like I look at the credits mm-hmm. for the album, and it just says James Hetfield is the vocals. Yeah, and the guitar the guitar sound kind of switches up a bit, like the pattern too. Like it keeps picking mostly. Hmm. But the pattern does change a bit later on. It gets a little louder. Kind of, yeah. but like it stays pretty low, stays pretty similar. Uh, there's more. There's like this guitar that does some like sliding around with this stain comes in in the second verse, but it stays mm-hmm. pretty far in the back. There's a lot of stuff that like stays in the back in this one. It's yeah, really, it's, a... it's that vocal performance in the lyrics, and it is just like a very slow build up to the the eventual heaviness, mm-hmm. where they yeah. just add add little bits in. But yeah, they are as you said, like pretty far in the back. That's right. So we get a sort of, I mean, it's not the full intensity of the song, but we get that first, like, taste of intensity in the chorus. He starts singing upwards, so we get uh, just a bit of a louder composition. Like, it's still, like, there's an acoustic guitar in the mix, but, like, it's yeah. a little more energetic. And then it slides right back down on the But I Know, and then we're back into... Is that is that the instrumental bridge after the first chorus, or is that after the second chorus? Uh, after the first chorus, I believe it go- it does a third verse or it does another first verse hang on yeah, yeah. so the, f- the first verse is done three times in the song the other ones are done twice i believe yeah and this after the second chorus when they go into the instrumental bridge right yeah it's kind of a weird pattern it's just like verse 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 chorus verse chorus verse verse chorus like it's all over the place it sounds like yeah. that's a rhythm to itself first first chorus verse chorus first first anyway yeah, yeah, it's, it's, like it's not a very your traditional pattern. Uh, absolutely not, and it is like six and a half minutes. I don't think we mentioned the the length. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's like that's like double entertainer rule and some. 
Yeah. <laughs> Could not get radio play on this one. Let me tell you. Although I think it would be pretty easy to cut it down to a, a radio edit. <laughs> oh, yeah, very True. easy. True. There's still a lot of re repetition. You could just kind of do like the last third verse and then maybe throw a chorus in somewhere. Anyway. And like the intro and outro is probably like almost two minutes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You chop those off, True. you're down True to four those. and a half. Yeah. You're basically good. Maybe take out another one of the choruses somewhere. Gold, man. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Easy peasy. Easily, easily entertainer this song. There should be somebody. Somebody should be out there doing that. Just call themselves the entertainer and chop every long song. Exactly three or five. Oh, imagine trying to fit all of Thick as a Brick into three minutes and five seconds. Wow. I want to. I want them to do it with like really long songs too. Yeah, I want to do like yeah. Echoes by Big Floyd and. I mean, I'm amazed they got um, fucking. I'd do anything for love down from like they cut seven minutes out of that for the radio edit sure. <laughs> yeah they really trimmed it down That's a lot <laughs> i'm also i mean this is only vaguely related i want to see the hobbit as a single movie anyway keep going don't worry about Ooh, it okay. yeah I, i'm sure somebody's done that i'd like be a good fan of someone yeah. has, must have at least tried yeah um so the next worthy thing i'm talking about is that instrumental bridge i think mm-hmm um, where the strings come in a little more clearly. They're sort of doing this rise up as we get some more of that classic guitar doing just kind of like a two-note movement. This yeah, because it stays, like, pretty sparse. It, yeah. it doesn't doesn't go, like, too hard. But I think it's done on, like, two guitars? Yeah, I'd believe that. It sounds okay. uh, doubled. Yeah. yeah. It could just be, like, echoed, I guess, instead of, like, two guitars played at the same time. Mm -hmm. um very chill though still we're, we're not getting the the full metallica vibe which we don't really get until i mean we get the big chorus at around 4 30 yeah, yeah. kind of like double or one and a half chorus mm -hmm. and in the choruses we kind of get a little bit more of that like distorted guitar at least it's not crazy out there but like you get some of the like chugging too yeah, yeah, yeah. And then into kind of the more instrumental section after that. Which is kind of ripping guitar, but it's still it's still like slow, you know? I almost I was watching a thing about grunge the other day. Mm -hmm. And one of the things they mentioned was apparently Enter Sandman specifically was actually pretty heavily inspired by um Soundgarden, which is pretty new at the time. Oh, okay. Or relatively. I guess they were kind of both starting around the same time. But um, this almost has that sort of like slow, grungy-ish feeling too. I don't know if it's how related it was, but it's kind of the right time frame, you know? It's 91. Grunge yeah. is just about to break out. So I think, it, I think it had already broken out by that point, was, right? I'm just thinking Nevermind, basically. Yeah, well, that was 91 as well, I think. Oh. It was around the right time, anyway. Yeah. The 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 um climate was right. Yes. The climate was right. Yeah. Nevermind was September twenty fourth, nineteen ninety one. Oh, so it was actually after this. Yeah. But I, I think like Nirvana's first album was like eighty nine, and it was like not as impactful as Nevermind was. But I think it was definitely starting to tip the scales towards grunge from everything else. Right. 
So yeah, it would make sense. And like like you said, Soundgarden was definitely around in ninety. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, so. Sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, so I, I think grunge, it was... Grunge itself emerged during the mid-1980s. So there was enough time for yeah. Metallica like it, it, it was to around, hear about like it and incorporate that. Filtered through to some level. But I think that was kind of the direction was slower and this, like, sludgier sound kind of thing. Because, um, mm-hmm. I mean, early Metallica is a lot faster, right? Isn't yes, that yeah. kind of what thrash is? Yeah, definitely. Very, like, like sometimes called speed, speed metal. Yeah, so... Yeah. This is much, much slower, and I don't know if that's exactly the reason, but there seems to be perhaps some influence on there. And, like, um, the album was produced by um, Bob Rock, who hadn't produced their previous albums, and he um, produced, like, hair metal albums mostly, which were presumably, like, more radio-driven and wouldn't have, like, fast guitar solos because they might scare off the masses. Mm. Right. So like Scary I think... fast guitar playing, huh? Yeah, I think maybe like the, like the the grungier kind of solos were maybe part of his influence. Okay. Yeah, and like Canadian. this solo, this, oh, ro- this Bob Rock character oh. too. So he's Canadian. Yeah. yeah. Oh wow, good on him. Way to go! Born in Winnipeg, Manitoba. Holy crap! It's a happening place. That's that's a place where things happen. Yeah. Nothing good in my experience, but... <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> I don't think anything happens there. They make good people, though. <laughs> That's a fact. They export good people. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but the solo, it's not super long, and it gets, like, a bit shreddy at the end, but not really. Like, it does, like, a quick... Some quick stuff closer to the end. But it doesn't, like, get totally shredding or anything like that for a while yeah where other guitar solos might start is where it finishes you know yeah yeah <laughs> and then it kind of it it like settles back down it goes back to the the softer finger picking bit and then mm-hmm. a little bit more um, soft singing another first verse yeah and then it kind of picks out does some of the finger picking to play it out yeah and it fades mm-hmm. that's right and that's how you make a song called Nothing Else Matters. Whoa. So that was our how-to video. Be sure to <laughs> subscribe. Yeah. You can like uh, pay for our master class. <laughs> master barely, class. Barely went on tangents in it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well, I, in, in some ways, it is a pretty simple song. There's a slow build throughout it. You get your big breaks on the chorus. And, like, most of it is just that guitar arpeggio and him singing. So, like, when there's that little to, to delve into, sometimes we gotta, we you know, fill for space. Yeah, gotta tangent a little bit. <laughs> gotta be a little tangential. But that's it, a very moody piece about a very positive vibe. Yeah. But but it still works. Um, Let's talk about this music video directed by Adam Dublin, who also co-directed a couple of Beastie Boys music videos and two uh, Metallica documentaries. I think it's is it Dubin? Is it I thought is there a fucking did I just put the L in there? <laughs> on the on the YouTube video it definitely says Adam Dubin without an L. <laughs> Shit, it is Adam Dubin. <laughs> I thought it was weird that he was named after a city. Alright. Uh, Adam Dubin. Adam C. Dubin. Uh, he's only missing a B. Because his uh, initials should, are A C D. Don't worry about nice. it. Or another C. Um don't worry about it too much though. <laughs> 
I don't have much to say about this music video, quite frankly. Because it's just footage from the uh, documentary of... a year and a half in the life of Metallica. That's what it that's what it is. That's I'm pretty sure that's exactly what it is. Okay. It just it's a lot of footage of them recording and standing sometimes. And like James Hetfield just has so many different guitars that he's playing during the video at various times. And uh yeah. Yeah, it seems to be uh, an acoustic fretless bass happening as well. Yeah, the bass looked really cool. Yeah, it did. But um, they fucking hated him, so he didn't get much screen time. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so it is really just like them doing a setup in a studio, playing songs. You get a shot of the lyrics, the handwritten lyrics at some point. Yeah, and some of the like planning of the structure of the song you can see. Yeah. On the lyric sheet, so it's kind of cool, I guess. Perhaps most importantly, though, MTV apparently wouldn't air this film during the daytime to the inclusion of uh, some Playboy pinup posters. The, really? The brief shot of some, yeah. some nudie photos that are censored in this version. censored, yeah. That is censored, and then that's how they got around it eventually, is like, final censor these. Oh, these interesting. <laughs> and they're just, like, in the background. Like, it's <laughs> stuck to his <laughs> mic stand or whatever. Yeah. yeah. It's pretty prominent in the shot, though. That is true. I guess the background uh, is probably not not the right way to describe it, but it's not like the only thing there, kind of thing. Like it's just part of the part of the scenery. Yeah. But yeah, like a, a pretty pretty nothing music video, really. Yeah. It's just just them just like, like sitting in a circle playing it live ish, and then just interspersed with. Uh, like behind the scenes footage and that's it yeah, really some playing playing basketball with a bass around your neck yeah i'm pretty sure yes. you traveled in that shot that's <laughs> no way that was legal play <laughs> oh, i should get his shit together then he missed it too didn't even go in <laughs> garbage. garbage um one time a, a guy flings ice cream at the camera doesn't get very far he's got a little he's got a little bucket i think it's an ice cream bucket and he just like flicks his spoon of ice cream at him Oh yeah, that's Kirk. Classic Kirk. Classic Kirk. There's also like a really out of place shot of I think it's Kirk like donating to charity. <laughs> Is that what he's doing? <laughs> yeah, because like they they like start on like a close up of like a hand like putting money into like a guy in a wheelchair's like collection. Oh yeah, that's thing. right. It just felt like so out of place in this music video. Yeah, it really like is recording. just like recycled documentary footage. Yeah. Yeah. For six minutes, though. For like, six and a half minutes, yeah. Yeah, it's a really, really nothing music video. Yeah. Which is weird, be... because yeah. like, th- their first music video ever was for the song One, which was mm-hmm. from the the album before this. And that was, they like interspersed like, um, like very moody footage of them playing with, um, with, with clips from the, the movie. Fuck, what the hell? What, what's the movie? <laughs> Um, Brody starring Meatloaf. <laughs> no, it's the war movie. Oh, um, Wait, oh, Saving fuck. Private Ryan. Saving Private Ryan. Um, oh, Full Metal Jacket. Uh, um, Johnny got his gun. There you go. I wouldn't have guessed, guessed that. that. Yeah. Anyway, it was a, it was a very like <sighs> moody. It, very... it sounds like like yeah, like it was serious. like a really it was a yeah exactly it was a very like artistic music video. Um, mm-hmm. And like a lot of thought and like effort went into it, and then just the nothing else matters video is 
not that. No, certainly not. No, there's not much going on in this video. I'm shocked no. we're still talking about it. Well, yeah, good fair. segue, Alex. Let's start talking about these cover versions as they are wild and crazy. Um, Now, are we just going to talk about them in the list? I've put them in the playlist, or do you guys have a preferred order? Because it's all the same year, 2021. Yeah, uh, don't yeah, care about the order, but I took notes in the same order as the list. So. No, yeah, mine, mine too. Perfect. So, we're beginning this with a monster, monster cast so many of Miley people, Cyrus. So many people on this track. What? Elton John, Yo-Yo Ma, Robert Trujillo, and Chad Smith. Couldn't be much more from the heart. Forever trust in who we are. Yeah, so yeah, this this is, is the the people. one this is the cover I mentioned earlier that was like the the best version the Meta uh, Metal Hammer rated. So mm. this is like the inspiration for the episode, pretty much. It's uh, I think there's a lot of good about this one to start off. I don't know if it's the best, but it certainly has a lot of money behind it. Really yeah, and like yeah. Miley Cyrus also, like obviously Miley Cyrus, pretty famous singer, and mm -hmm. also Elton John's on this, just playing piano though. I don't think yep. he sings. Didn't hear him. Also, I looked up Elton John. Didn't realize his middle name was Hercules. I mean, what? it's not his birth name. Because his birth name is Reginald Dwight. Yeah, Reg Reg Dwight. And he changed his name to Elton John. He was like, might as well change the middle name to fucking Hercules. Holy shit. Oh, I forgot about that. Um, Hercules and then, John. <laughs> this Watt. Watt is a producer, and I think he plays guitar. Um, yeah, Andrew he's Watt. A, a fair amount of um, production, including... The Post Malone version of Only Wanna Be With You. She. Oh. Uh, so he he does that. Yeah, he won Producer of the Year in 2021. He's worked with, I think, even some of the people on this track before. He did some work with yeah, uh, so. Red Hot Chili Peppers. He had his own band. I don't know if he still has it, but he's done like some opening tours for quite a few bands. Yeah, so, yeah was... really, really like a music scene guy, this dude. It was a California breed with Glenn Hughes and Jason Bonham, son of yeah. Oh, yeah, uh, Jason Led Zeppelin Bonham. drummer. Yeah. John Bonham. Yeah, um, Yo-Yo Ma's on here, which is like Famous the only cellist, cellist I know. Yeah, Boy, me too. Like, can you name Ma. any other cellists? I certainly can't. No, um, that the little girl in School of Rock. Can you name her? Cello. <laughs> I gave her face. name. Was it her name? All right. um, Robert Trujillo, who is a, a current member of Metallica, a bass player. Yeah. Yep. Since 2003, and then Chad Smith, who just sounds like some guy, but is the drummer for <laughs> Red Hot Chili Peppers, and looks like and Will Ferrell. Looks identical to Will Ferrell, yes. <laughs> yes. That Which, is who's behind this. That's who's on this track. It's a ridiculous a cast. <laughs> it's insane. So Miley Cyrus recently, and by recently, I mean the past year or two, has been really getting into covering old rock and roll hits. Yeah. yeah, she also did, uh, when did she do Jolene? Which is not like rock and roll per se, but still older song cover. Yeah, older song cover. I think that's in the same time frame. Like, boomer hits. She's been really like playing to, <laughs> towards boomer tastes. She's been doing Joan Jett. She's been doing Jolene. She's been doing, uh, she did Heart of Glass the week after we talked about it on cover. <laughs> <laughs> uh, convenient. 
And, not, and she last year said, because she actually covered this live before doing this album. Last year she said right. she was going last to do a full Metallica cover album. Yeah. I don't know if she's still doing that or if this is the culmination of that project. No, I believe I believe she's still planning on doing it. Like uh, the magazine I mentioned, Metal Hammer, brings it up like <laughs> every okay. few months. <laughs> every few months, it's coming. Miley Cyrus, yeah. she's coming. Yeah. She, um, um, yeah. she also played this song on the Howard Stern show with Metallica. Oh, that's right. Okay. Yeah. So she's like surprisingly ingrained with uh like this kind of music. It's not just like a publicity stunt or something. She's like no. interested in this, the older music. Yeah, and people are eating it up. I looked through the YouTube comments on the yeah. video for this one and people look like, this Miley Cyrus version made me cry. Miley is so incredible. Miley, my god. Music. My God, did you um did you look at the play counts on the Metallica blacklist? Um, no, I did not. Okay, so most of the covers are like below a million. Uh, there's like, like one or two that get up to like one or two million, right. and then this version of Nothing Else Matters is at fourteen million. <laughs> Woo! Just miles ahead Wait, of anything else. It's got the name else. recognition more so. You do. Oh, there's a Portugal the Man one. Anyway, um, more than like, I don't know. All these other guys I don't recognize. Well, like, I mean, you, 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 the people who would check out a playlist of Metallica covers would presumably right. be into aren't metal music. Right, mm -hmm. and aren't necessarily looking at the who does the covers if they're just going to listen to this. But I guess, like, I, I was thinking, like, one of them there is Corey Taylor, who's, like, the singer of Slipknot. I think there would be, like, a decent amount of crossover oh, there, yeah. but like, that's only 500,000. <laughs> I think you got to think of the outrage factor as well. People want to be Maybe. mad at, at yeah. Miley Cyrus. So they're going to, oh, fucking listen to that. And then they listen to it, they're like, no, oh, it's not bad. And they listen to it again. But then, like, also, if you read the names, like, yeah, sure, it's Miley Cyrus, but Elton John's on there. True. And also, the Metallica bassist is on there. It's on there, Yeah. Yeah, it's got a lot of names, and that's got to have a lot of appeal. And also, then you see Yo-Yo Ma, and you're like, well, I got to listen to it now. Yeah. Yo-Yo mm -hmm. Ma's on it. But there's strings in the original, so it's not that different. But No. Um, that said, this one does feel fuller in general, because there tends to be more yes, definitely. going on. Yeah. It's definitely more like modern full production. Um, and mm -hmm. it kind of starts higher. Yeah. As well, but there's just, like, more stuff going on. And then there's kind of parts where... It's just a lot because, like, you get the cello going and then, like, the piano's going, too, with some of the, you know, guitar. It's like everyone's a star on it. There yeah. are definitely times where it kind of feels like everyone's trying to have a moment at the same time. It gets a bit busy, yeah. 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 Because you can but hear it. it's not too much of it. That's not, like, a not big problem or anything. Fair. Yeah, but you can hear in the, the introduction, like, you're like, oh, it, it's just piano. And then you hear a couple of flourishes and you go, okay, that is Elton John. Like, I can yeah. recognize some of what he's doing as being in his other works. And then, yeah, other things start coming, layering in. And I can imagine it being a, a fight for a bit of the space, right? Yeah. Uh, I mean, we talked about, way back, we talked about Queen and David Bowie getting together, and apparently that was a hell session <laughs> with just everybody trying to work together. I can't imagine having Miley Cyrus, Elton John in a room <laughs> alone, and then you add on all these other guys? Like, seems like Yeah, a honestly. <laughs> um... Like on the Elton John playing the piano bit at the start, like you mentioned the little like flourishes and stuff. Um, mm -hmm. I I recently watched uh, the his his film Rocket Man, right? And mm. that like because obviously they cut out a lot from that just to make it like a two hour movie. So I, I read his book afterwards, mm -hmm. and he mentioned one time he 
uh, he and his band were rehearsing with Tina Turner and they were playing uh, Proud Mary before doing a show and like they, they were like playing through it and she would like stop them and she'd say something's wrong it, it's your bassist he's he's fucking up the song so they'd like start over and then she stopped them again she's like no no, no it's it's the drummer or something he's, he's fucking up the song let's start over and then they, they play again she stops them she's like it's fucking you Elton John you're adding all these extra little trills and stuff and he's just like that's how I play <laughs> <laughs> I think he told her to eat his ass or something and walked out. <laughs> Phenomenal. Elton yeah. John. Sounds believable. Man with big statements. Yeah. Uh, another statement he made, less inflammatory, is that uh, he recently said that Nothing Else Matters is one of the greatest songs ever written. Wow. That's high praise. High it praise from, from Elton John, a man who has never written a song. Who has never written. I was just thinking that. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't write any of his own music. <laughs> I think he wrote some, but most of it was not written by him. Yeah, well, he yeah. didn't write the lyrics. He wrote the piano yeah. part. Yeah, but I think he and, yeah. he, and, he and Bernie... Bernie Taupin. Yeah, like, split for a while there. And I think he yeah. wrote some of his own stuff. I, yeah. I could have sworn Probably I one Jamaican time heard jerk a... off. <laughs> Y'all know I that could've... one? <laughs> could have sworn one time I heard a joke about Elton John writing like the songs that he writes for himself and how they're not very good i don't remember the context of the joke at all okay i just remember but the upshot is he's not that great a songwriter that's the <laughs> yeah yeah uh, i saw somebody i think it was a tweet years ago they're like it's gonna be rough when bernie topin dies and we have to hear elton john write a tribute song <laughs> <laughs> i mean do another candle in the wind right? yeah he's just gonna rededicate <laughs> candle in the wind yeah just change oh. the lyrics again so that to say, there's piano at the start. It's played by Elton John. Yes. St staying on track yeah. here, people. Sorry. Some strings come in, played by Yo-Yo Ma. And some guitar as well, played by Andrew Watt. And harpsichord? Harpsichord hmm. <laughs> <laughs> sound? Yeah, let's see. Presume I, I assume that everything that isn't like drums, bass, piano, or cello is andrew watt because like his spotify says he's a multi-instrumentalist so right yeah. i was yeah. like yeah it's probably him <laughs> i think he's doing some like yeah it's kind of synthier stuff too in the background yeah, yeah. some production work maybe um and then we get a gentle drum roll in from chad smith and then we get the uh the miley cyrus vocals yeah which are yeah. very low they yeah. are very low and then Surprising. they kind of get like this is kind of the advantage of having like good like a lot of sort of production on the vocals they really like resonate in that low register yeah you know and i don't know exactly how to describe it but it's an interesting sound yeah the closest thing i can find i hear it more when she goes up high um i've listed the the 215 mark uh she sounds like the the lead singer for greta van fleet But like, like die. Yeah, with like a little bit of like, um, like vibrato again, I guess. Yeah. She's definitely yeah, like right. putting on some of that like grit, you know, getting the like, that like screamy, just a little bit of it in. Really yeah, like yeah. a little bit more harsher, a little bit of an edge to her yeah. her singing. Which I she had some kind of vocal surgery. I don't know what, so I don't know if that oh is part oh, of yeah. Why she would maybe sing more like this nowadays than 
I which sounds like an I don't know party in the USA, for example. Like that, uh, like Frank Zappa had a stage accident that basically afterwards dropped his his vocals by like it was like a third of an octave or something. So like, he oh had holy a, crap! Yeah, so he had a deeper voice after this this like he like fell on his throat or something. Oh my god. <laughs> That's part of the reason he has this sort of signature, I had, he did, this signature vocal style. So I wonder if something similar has happened with that vocal surgery. Oh, maybe, yeah. Like, would change I, things. Yeah. I haven't listened to any Miley Cyrus since 2010. Yeah, it's got to be I sad. I'm like, well, how does this differ from Wrecking yeah, Ball? Maybe puberty happened, too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, who can say what factors play into this? Yeah. Uh, but I anyway, also think yeah, she, she just really wants to be Joan Jett. She's Maybe. really trying to, to I think, yeah. to glom onto these sort of harder rock and roll voices, uh, like female rock and roll voices. So I think there's just a bit of that going on as well. But yeah, I'm just projecting. Well, I, I thought at the start that she sounded like um, Marianne Faithful, who features on a, a later Metallica song, "The Memory oh. Remains." Like, you know, it sounds okay. very like that. That actually comes up on her Wikipedia page. Her voice oh, really? Compared to Marianne Faithful. Oh, okay. <laughs> wow. Surgery. Nice. <laughs> Not out to lunch. Good call. <laughs> there you Good go. Thank you. All right, now we've covered the fact that she sinks. We're getting through this piece <laughs> by piece. <laughs> um, was there anything remarkable? I we might as well kind of just talk about all of the 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 characters on this. Was there anything remarkable about the bass and drums on this? I thought the bass for sure. Oh, sorry. Oh, okay, I, it wasn't I a Wikipedia page. It. it was it was a comment on the on the YouTube video. Anyway. Oh, that's okay. about as good as a yeah, just as good. page. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I, like, I think Robert Trujillo has a, a very like signature crunchy bass sound. Like I think if you listen to the original, it's very just just straight bass, just normal bass. But well, I think... yeah, you'll notice we didn't even talk about it on the original. Cause <laughs> yeah, we did not. <laughs> didn't yeah. notice it. <laughs> yeah, because it's, it's really nothing. Um, and I think Jason Newstead, who is the, the bassist on, on Nothing Else Matters, um, plays with a pick, but Robert plays with fingers. So it might give like a, a bit of a different sound, but it, it definitely it has would. like a, a crunchy tone to it, I thought, in this version. Mm. But maybe only I noticed it. Maybe that's yeah, remarkable from the perspective of a Metallica fan. Maybe, yeah. Um, I, for me, it's just like not doing a lot. Like you mentioned the crunch, and now I hear some of that crunch, and I'm like, okay, yeah. Yeah, it, is, it is there at the very least. But yeah, um, it doesn't it doesn't yeah. change from the original I wouldn't say. No, and it's then just of got course a different we also, tone. We also have Chad Smith on on drums and beyond ensuring that the drums will be played sufficiently does that really do anything for this piece? Yeah, I don't think I have any notes on the drums just that they are there. <laughs> yeah, That's, rhythm's kind of holding it down. Yeah, yeah holding it down. Not much else. I mean, there's enough. not a ton of like rhythmic stuff to do in this song really. Mhm. Mm but yeah. Other than that, like they kind of add some stuff. So like the solo sections are now like piano or and or cello. Yeah. But, like that's kind of that's kind of what they do. They make it a bit bigger, but not like too much bigger. They're not blowing it out completely. Yeah, it's not like a full orchestra kind of blowout. But it's definitely more than the original. Yeah, it's like what if they use the full band in all of Nothing Else Matters yeah. rather than just at different sections people fill in. Yeah. yeah. So, like, it's a decent version, and I think everyone does a good job on it. 
Yeah, it's one that like updated. Sometimes, you know, we talk about a song being an update version of it. Yeah. This kind of updates it with mm. some modern sensibility. You put some big names behind it. It doesn't change a lot, so it it just kind of fills the same hole without like upsetting anyone or yeah. one And it's way good. Or the other, it doesn't right? do a ton for me personally. But like it's a decent decent version. I'm not going to tell you it's not good. I think it's good. Yeah, I I agree with that analysis, Alex. Um John, anything else to say before I think we jump into the music video? No, I I, th I think I think that's good. All right. Uh, do you agree with Metal Hammer that it's the best version of this? I guess we'll find that out later. What? Can't, can't jump <laughs> right gotta, to gotta that. that. Can't, can't give it away. Sorry, man. I'm, I'm trying all sorts of time-saving techniques. <laughs> Just <laughs> cut out the whole final <laughs> section. <laughs> so the music video uh, made by uh, Hidden Road is about cowboys and clocks. How do we feel about this? Yeah, there might be some imagery here that I didn't pick up on, but it's it's a little steampunk, it's a little cowboy, it's a little clock, and there's just a cowboy in it's the desert. It's a big clock, Alex. I don't know what kind of clocks you've got at home. The first clock, clock is small, and then there's a whole bunch of big clocks in the desert that he sees, and then he finally finds the granddaddy clock, <laughs> and then it ends. He kneels. It's over. Yeah. Yeah, it's a weird music video. And it's also like he's so clearly green screened as well. Yeah. The composite the compositing, is that a is that the right the compositing anyway. Compositing. Yes, that's how you say fuck. Didn't sound right. Um, I mean you had the it's word questionable. Right. Yeah. Yeah, like I, I was I was taking notes while I was watching this music video, so I didn't like really follow the story, but I don't remember there being a story he mostly just I'd wanders and sometimes yeah, like stands on a rock formation yeah and he finds the big he puts clock, his goggles on that's mostly why I said all these other on. clocks there's a mesa there's a lot of mesas in this and then yeah i thought about the word mesa and how it's spelt and then i was like has anybody made a mesa with jar jar binks face on it it's a jar jar <laughs> mesa, mesa. <laughs> yeah and turns out there people already found a natural looking one that kind of looks like jar jar binks oh so, so it's already done it's already done uh, it's, oh. that's it's already done by god that's exactly it's <laughs> how primal yeah. this joke is so you know uh. couldn't, couldn't make that meme go viral that was my big takeaway from this is rest in peace my hopes and dreams to be a meme master honestly i think that's about what we can take from that video there's there's not much going on again <laughs> Yeah, it's a lot of flair without a lot of substance. Yes. Or, like, context or anything. Yeah, yeah, it's one of those ones where they're like, if we make it vague enough, they'll pull their own conclusions from it. My conclusion is that they didn't do enough work. And that they should have hired a better green screener. <laughs> yeah, 100%. Ciao, otherwise, hey, slightly more interesting than the Metallica music video, which is yes. not, not a high bar. Technically correct. <laughs> Technically correct. Well, we're about to correct course and listen to a, a vastly different version by My Morning Jacket. Oh, yes, we are. So close, no matter how far. Couldn't be much more from the heart. Forever trusting who we are. And nothing else matters. So this is American rock band from Louisville, Kentucky. They've been around. Like, I know the name. Could not tell you a single song by these fellas. No. Oh, God, yeah, no. I still can't. <laughs> well, I know they do a cover of Nothing Else Matters. Okay, I guess I technically could. Okay, I don't know any songs they've written. <laughs> That's right. 
Uh, All right, we had some technical difficulties. We're back. We're talking about My Morning Jacket. We already said what they're about. This song is in a major key. That's the big difference. All right, talking about PG Roxette in the same year. No, okay. Uh, <laughs> really cranking through the This is very back bright. Half. This is very yeah, this happy. Is very, this, is, this is like turning it into a Grateful Dead song, which I said before. I don't know if that's going to end up uh, in the episode or not, but so I'm saying it again. Good to get it in twice. Get it a third time just for the record. Third time. It's like kind of like a Grateful Dead song. See, I'm surprised you'd say that, because uh, I, I thought it sounded a bit like a Grateful Dead song, personally. But shorter. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, but yeah, shorter. it's like good, very bright and cheery and bubbly, and it's interesting because it, I think with the lyrics, it like works really well. Like it fits. Yeah. Well. It's, I think when most people hear this song, you know, you hear the instrumentation, you're like, like nothing else matters is really about this brooding tone. Yeah. But then uh, My Morning Jacket must have looked at it on paper first and been like, oh, yeah, it's a sweet little happy tune. Let's knock this out. And then they actually heard the Metallica song. We're like, oh, shit. Oh, shit. What have we done? <laughs> <laughs> what have we done? <laughs> but, yeah, it's like this little, like, bright e-piano or organ. And it's just like. Yeah. And, like, they've completely changed up the melody, too. They're like, so close, no matter how far. Like, it's very. Very yeah, the serious. singing is so different. Yeah. Um, they get a little bit more crunchy, just a little bit when they get into the chorus. It's mostly just this, like, fatter synth. Uh, but yeah, like this real fuzzy synth. Um, and also, they get in that, like, E Street Band style, like, bumped, bumped, or the opposite of that. Right. You know I'm talking about the drums? I know, I know those drums. They, they're just a kick drum in the verses while we get like the light guitar arpeggio and that bright little uh like organ yeah and like that guitar the guitar so i've been messing around with guitar sounds because i have a lot of like effects that i got for free and i have this electric mm. guitar now so um one of them i was messing with just very recently was a like a tape effect cassette tape effect and Ooh. if you take that and you turn down the the head quality or the motor quality um, then it starts to like have that wavering sound. So I don't know if that's what they're okay. doing, but kind of a similar sound. Hmm. So if you turn up both the head and motor quality, does it just sound like Ace of Spades? <laughs> <laughs> we can only hope. <laughs> uh, I wrote it backwards. Uh. Uh, good stuff. Um. Yeah. And so yeah, you're right. You do get that doom, boom, in the in the chorus like the chorus is is bigger but it's it's not like we don't get that same like vocal boost at least not in the same sense it's it, like this one's bright bubbly and cheery yeah it stays yeah softer and airier like i guess uh, the, like the instruments are pretty bright but like i don't know the vocals sound kind of like like almost monotone i guess like not quite as cheerful as like the piano and the, the keyboard and stuff Right, definitely a bit of that new wave style. Yeah, they're a, yeah, little, a yeah. little on the detached side, and like the original, the vocals are so like expressive and so much the focus. Mm -hmm. They they've totally shifted the focus in this one, and the vocals are just kind of another part of the song now. But yeah, it's yeah. Um, and they but they do still kind of have like, I would compare it to the last one in that there's more like of a wall of sound kind of thing going on. Uh, but it's a much different sound. Yeah, there's there's still like a lot going on, and like you said, like there's like a bit of like that fuzz sound, which makes it sound like a bit like thicker, I guess. Yeah. 
Kind of got that like mm-hmm. almost lo-fi idea. Yeah. Just like hiss or whatever. Hiss, fuzz. Technology straining at its limits kind of thing. But Whew. not in like an aggressive way. Um, and and they really, really cook through the lyrics. Like, yeah. A couple yeah. times. To the point where I, I find this very this version very amusing sonically. But it it kind of felt repetitive, even though it's only three and a half minutes. Because they really like go through the lyrics and then like maybe do a chorus and like kind of go through the lyrics again. Like it's very fast. Yeah, and like there's there's no bridge in this one, whereas like the original yeah. had like like a full bridge, but then like a couple of like shorter bridges, I guess, between like chorus and verse. Whereas this it is just like bam, 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 all together pretty much. Yeah, you end up hearing like and nothing else matters so close to each other so many times. You're like, what the like does this song ever end? Like, yeah, it is repetitive. Yeah. And like even um even the solo, he's still singing over it. He's still saying and nothing else matters like over and over. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, like even yeah, even the solo part sounds repetitive because of that. That's right. Yeah, and they have a little breakdown before that where it's him and another guy singing nothing else. Yeah. <laughs> and also, like, right at the end, like, it just sounds like his voice kind of, like, gives up at one point. <laughs> he just, like, trails off on one of his yes. <laughs> yeah, because he's just kind of... Yeah, just kind of, like, warbling a little bit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so it's, like, it's a fun take. Um... I think you're. They could have thrown in a little more. Yeah, yeah, just maybe something to, something to it switch it up a bit. And we've yeah. in the past said like, oh, this version does some neat things, but it doesn't quite go far enough. This one goes far enough. This one goes as far as it could, but it could still have kind of introduced a few more ideas. Yeah, like that, a little like sense. Grateful Dead style bridge would have, you know, gone in there. Yeah, yeah, Alex, you're right. It fully realized its idea, but it could have done it differently. Yeah. <laughs> could have done it better. Yeah, I'm like, I'm sold on the take, and I think particularly in this playlist, it stands out for being the only ones to try a bright take on this song. And I think functionally it works, like it doesn't sound incorrect, because as we talked about, the the lyrics do have a lot of positivity in them. But it it is missing a little a little bit of hook, a little bit of... Like, something to hang its hat on, really. <laughs> exactly. Uh, or, speaking of hats, no, or. To hang its jacket on, go. <laughs> Boom, oh my god, that was it. That's what we needed. Let's talk, let's talk about PG Rock set. Couldn't be much more from the heart. Forever trusting who we are. And nothing else matters. Who, um, one member of Roxette, the group yes. known for songs such as uh, "Hang On, I Gotta Hear Listen, Listen to, your to Your Heart" and oh. "Must Have Been Love." Yeah, whoa, <laughs> I know, right? You can do and uh, the look, which is in Rock Band. Oh shit! I knew, I knew the oh. name. <laughs> yeah, so this is uh, only one half of the duo. This is Per yes. Gessel. Because as um, uh, Marie Fredrickson passed, passed away in 2019, away. we we were gonna do a Roxette song, but we kind of forgot. I don't know what happened. Back in 2019, um, 
yeah, probably we were doing something else very important, yeah. like uh, the Jeopardy theme song. Or... <laughs> something very no, important. I that was 2020. Something uh, very critical, like Walk Like an Egyptian. Or... Yeah. <laughs> important. You know, you know, it was probably a, a theme month. We had to do love songs. There's no way you could fit Roxette into that. True. No. What was yeah, the... it's just too hard. It's too much. <laughs> what was the much. well-known one? Listen to your heart? Yeah. <laughs> Listen yeah. to your heart, and it must have been love. <laughs> Wouldn't have fit I had neither of those. They're um so they're sweet yes. second best selling music act after ABBA. Damn son, and are they even close to ABBA though? Like probably not, but <laughs> but still second place is good. Yeah, still second place. I mean, I can't name that yeah. many Swedish acts to be honest. But is AHA Swedish? Or are they Norse? Norwegian? I think. Yeah. yeah. Um, here, uh, Per Gessel had the following to say about this. He says, I remember hearing Nothing Else Matters all the time on the radio in the early 90s when Marie and I traveled the world constantly. We always joked about it that it actually could have been an amazing rock set ballad. Ha ha ha. Ends the quote. Ha <laughs> 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 Well, that's kind of what he's tried to do here, I think. Um, mm-hmm. Unfortunately, so I, I, the, the female vocals in this in this version are kind of on the generic side i think yeah comparing them to like miley cyrus for example who hmm. could really like dig in more they're just not a whole lot which is a shame because this song does have theremin in it it does it's got a very it spooky does. vibe yeah yeah it manages to keep the tension up um which is good and but it's, and it's a lot more electronic obviously right it's rock set yeah, it's rock set. Or, you know, so yeah, you get this set. like deep. It's almost some of that like made for TV emotional music, where it's like bump bump. Yeah, or like Yeah. It like that bump 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 kind of underlies the whole thing. Mm-hmm. It surprises me how like modern it sounds. Like, I guess I hadn't listened to like any rock set apart from "Listen to Your Heart," but like they were in the '80s. And yeah, like they were onwards. like an right. 80s pop it icon. Sound 80s, yeah. yeah, this it sounds not. very, very like 2020, I guess. Yeah, it sounds like a modern pop hit. Yeah. Kind of dark electronic pop, yeah, for sure. Yeah, like a little bit like trappy. I think like the drums are kind of like trap drums. Yeah. They got that snare. Yeah. And like very wubby basses. Well, yeah. Well, 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 of course, well. we do get like a big '80s synth that takes us to the the chorus sung by Per Gessel. That yeah, I think part like of that... it is some of that stuff is kind of back in now. Yeah, that is a fair point worth bringing up. Is that '80s pop has kind of re-entered? What's in vogue? <laughs> in vogue. In vogue. <laughs> uh, but yeah, they 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 do a lot to build it. Like um, if you compare the sounds, the timbres of the instruments Ooh. at the start to the end, it it really sounds like the filters have just kind of opened up on everything. Mm. So like there's a lot more of that oh. kind of high frequency activity. Hmm. That I, that's what it sounded like to me anyway, particularly once it starts to really build. Well, I'll take your word for it, Alex, as you are the resident music expert. That's true, we established that, I think. <laughs> right. Yes, I forgot. Um, I see. I have to listen to all our conversations a second time, so I always remember this shit. <laughs> remember them. Um, there. Do we talk about the other voice, which I assume is Per Gessel himself? Well, it is Per Gessel himself. I said uh, we had a big synth hit that takes us to the chorus sung by oh, Per Gessel I himself. That. 
Um, and you said, listen, here's the thing about the 80s, is what you said. Oh, I got said the 80s is now, yeah. and let me tell you about filters, you <laughs> son of a bitch. And I said, all right, Alex. Here we are the chorus. He sounds kind of funny. Am I right, you guys? Yeah, he's like an old, you know when, this is, we've talked about old nasal. bands who, when they sing really hard stuff, and then they can still do it later, that's very impressive. This is the other end, where <laughs> old band guys just sound like old men when they sing. Yeah. Thin and frail. Never what they say. I, I wouldn't say he sounds old, just like thin. Yeah, just like yeah. reedy, I guess. Yeah. Just like 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 uh, you said, the the other two vocalists, the female vocalists, don't do like anything exceptional, but like they sound fine. They sound like yeah. like female vocalists, like pop female vocalists. But his vocals sound a bit off. Yeah, I guess it's, it's more not like that way. you know, it's such a build up to hear him sing on the chorus. You're like, oh shit, we're gonna hear. Pergessel of Roxette fame. Yeah. And then it's like, give the... you're like, oh. Oh. Well, that wasn't exciting at all. <laughs> like, yeah, it is a, a bit of a come down after like the whole whole build up. Like it's like a minute of build mm -hmm. with like the, the poppy vocals and then you know, you get the, the exciting synth, you're like, oh what's what's the take gonna be? And then it's just kinda weird singing. Yeah. And you know, you can do a sort of anti build up where the chorus is like really down instead of quite big, but this was not that either. No, I don't think it was intentionally like that. Mm -hmm. Not wholly, anyway. I think it was just, yeah, just his singing style. Yeah. It's funny, because he calls himself one of the leads... He calls himself actually the lead singer for Roxette. I can't remember him singing in a single Roxette song that I know of. He's got a yeah, part like... in the look. Oh. Well, shit, Alex. <laughs> but he's not the voice you think of when you think of Roxette. No, certainly no. not. That said, I, I do think it's nice that he's, you know, trying to keep the dream alive of Roxette, even though his, his partner has passed away. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that's pretty cool. Partner. Yeah, I think yeah. that's pretty cool. I think his, uh, he's maybe not playing to the strength that his thin, reedy voice could have. Yeah. This is not putting it in the element that works. No, not really. But overall, I mean, I, I think it's a pretty decent sound. There's a lot of, like, kind of cool synth stuff going on. Obviously, theremin, very cool. Mm -hmm. Um. And yeah, just more synthy sound than the previous versions, and shorter and structurally poppier, because they yeah. do like verses and then into the chorus, and then like first two verses, chorus, third verse, chorus, and then just instrumental and chorus. So like that's pretty straightforward pop structure. Yeah, 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 and it's got the bridge, and it's got the solo, and it's not being like sang over like the previous version. So it it like it it does a bit more to stand out, I think. Yeah, it's much more. It feels more like it's moving rather than we're stuck on on a single spot on a record, right? Yes, <laughs> just repeating the title over and over. <laughs> yeah, um, and and yeah, they they score that moodiness vibe. We get some like shouting of the, or you know, like musical shouting of the the title line near the end here. Nothing else matters. That's exciting and fun. Yeah, it's 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 pretty varied. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And tight at 3.49, like, it's it's the second shortest version we're talking about today. Yeah, a bit over Entertainer, obviously. <laughs> obviously. Obviously not an Entertainer, but... But entertaining enough. That's right. And it fades out, because what else are you going to do? Now, we're going to talk about Mon Laferte. So 
más cuenta. Lafferty? I think the, fir- the first so, one sounded pretty good. Yeah, I think the first one <laughs> was right. good. I actually looked up the pronunciation, and that was pretty much it. So. Oh, I wasn't sure, because there's no accent on the E. Yeah. So mm. I wasn't sure if there needed to be one, but apparently not. So this is a Chilean singer, songwriter, and musician. She does pop, rock, bolero, cumbla? Cumbia? Sorry? <laughs> I don't know. You heard me. Cumbla. <laughs> oh, okay, yeah. And salsa. And she's pretty popular for a Chilean artist. She's like the best Chilean, best-selling Chilean, best Chilean artist of all time. The best-selling Chilean artist of the digital era, which is probably also all time, but I don't know. All time. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to call it all time. I don't think they were selling too much beforehand. Yeah, before digital. Yeah. Come at me, Chileans. I've only met one Chilean person in my life. You met Mon Laferte? Uh, that's right. Whoa. <laughs> I've probably met two or three. Not a lot. Well, this one is Chilean, baby. Chilean. Yeah, it's a lot. I mean, obviously a lot more of like a Latin feel. She's won Latin Grammys, right? Yeah, um, we, t- we take that slight hint of what is in the original of these these sort of Latin classical Spanish vibes. Mm. We, just, we just pumped that right the fuck up. Oh, yeah. And like and like the, the sound of the guitar, too. It's a lot more like the acoustic sound, right? So mm-hmm. that's cool. Like more of an actual classic guitar kind of. Yes. Um, yeah. Instead of like an acoustic guitar. Yeah. Yeah. And we get some fucking pan flute. Uh, you oh, know what? Zamphir? You know what it might be? Well, there's a couple flute sounds, but I think one of them yeah. might actually be a kenna, which we talked Ooh. about way back for whenever, wherever. Okay. Yeah. I think it might be. I don't know. But it might be that like Andean flute that was used in that song. Whoa, God, we can only hope. Because it, I mean, it's South American. That's the only reason I bring it up, honestly. Not at the very beginning, actually. That high sound mm-hmm. is not what I'm thinking of. I'm thinking of something later. But it might be. I wrote down recorder. I don't think it's a recorder. <laughs> <laughs> Probably not. Uh, I just listened to the. The Flight of the Concords live album where they bust out recorder solos. <laughs> so I just I thought it that. sounded like it. Oh, oh it's so good. Um, another thing, I, I mean, there's this, a line in this song where mm-hmm. uh, they say all these words I don't just say. Um, she definitely uses the phrase las palabras, which is the words oh. in in Spanish, as oh. as we all know from the classic Queen song. Las palabras de amor, the words of the love. Words of love. Words of love. Mm. The the song yes. is in Spanish. So the Spanish. song is in also, Spanish. Yeah. Good good way to reveal that information, Alex. <laughs> That's an important note. <laughs> um, yeah, so we get we just get a minute of fucking instrumental vibes and it kills. It's it awesome. sounds so good. Yeah, <laughs> it's so good. So much going on. Mm-hmm. It's like woodwinds. There's just like like ambient sound, I guess. Like. You know those things you had like in elementary choir class where you'd like shake the thing and it'd be like a rainmaker or something. Oh yeah, you got like, going you tip on. it one way and it goes like. Yeah. Yeah, just like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Just like put lots of. In a tube. Yeah. There's so lots there. of stuff going on as well as the mm-hmm. the the music. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it sets up a mood that is like similar to the original and it's sort of dark broodingness, but a whole different genre of it, right? It's. It's Chilean, my man. It's yeah, like like yeah. brooding, <laughs> brooding Chilean, I guess. <laughs> and then and then she goes in like in the higher part in the chorus. She gets this like really higher pitch and like kind of throaty singing that mm-hmm. has an interesting vibrato. And I yeah, it's not something that I know 
really how to describe that well other than that. Like, I don't know if there's a word for it, but it's an interesting yeah. style of singing. It's almost so, yeah, like a cry, that, you know? The Yeah, 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 yeah. So the the verses themselves are, again, the sort of like low whispered kind of voice punctuated by some of that shaker percussion, some of that just like... Like, there's not a lot of instruments going on, but they'll kind of just hit every once in a while and just like... Yeah, like kind of stings. Mm-hmm. Just like the occasional string sting. Yeah, a good string sting. And that's that's basically what happens in those. And then, yeah, you get to the choruses where she starts to sing up. And we get big string arrangements in here, like... This one maybe has the biggest, like, switch-up between verse and chorus. Now, the verses are, like, immensely quiet, and the chorus, we go full-on with a, a string section and all that. Yeah, and, like, the, the, the like big percussion, like, cymbal crashes coming up into the chorus. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, they are, like, a really big build-up into a pretty happening chorus. Hell yeah. And then this one Definitely. does the trick in music where you kind of keep parts of the chorus as you come back into the verse. Because the next verse set is uh, has a little more active oh, yeah. guitar and there is a little bit of strings coming into it. So we kind of like continually build rather than go up, down, then up again. Yeah, like it adds in. It keeps some stuff from the chorus each time it, it comes out of it, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, what else is neat in this one? We get we get what I've called string instrumentals. String instrumentals. Yeah, <laughs> just a bunch of strings on that bridge there. Yeah, I said the the bridge sounded like very spaghetti western e. Yeah. Very like um, Ennio Morricone. That's right. Yeah. Who Metallica love, so it makes sense if she's like familiar with Metallica's work. Right. Kind of pulling inspiration from the same the same well. Yeah. Which I mean, like it, yeah. it sounds like I think she must be. Yeah. That's good. I really do love the instrumentals on this one. Yeah, I'm just trying to jump ahead to the solo because, like, I remember the solo being like, it was like just an acoustic guitar, right? I believe so. Let me. I think there's some swelling strings that kind of back it, but but instead of being like really like heavy and and metal like the original was, it like kind of goes to just a, a light a light acoustic guitar solo. Yeah, yeah, really yeah, yeah, so it's yeah, just a guitar. pretty cool change. Yeah, that's around like the four, four forty or something. Yeah, four forty. Yeah. yeah, it still sounds, still got that kind of like Western sound, I guess, to it. Yeah. I do remember I thought like the the build up to the solo like the first time I heard it like it was it was really building up and I was like getting ready for like the the almost like the drop or something. Right, yeah. But then like the solo is like quieter than the build up. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like kind of like blue balls me a little bit compared to the original. <laughs> right, yeah, where that's like finally where Metallica cuts loose. Yeah. Whereas here like cutting loose is the build up, but it builds up to just a, a quieter solo. Which, like, yeah. on, on subsequent listens, I quite liked. But, like, on the first one, I was like, oh. <laughs> yeah, it kind of destroys your anticipation there. I do like it, though. And those strings do really play up in that section as well. They're, mm -hmm. really, they're really telling you that that guitar is bigger than it is. But 
Yeah, yeah, because like if you cut everything out and just had that guitar, it would be very, very quiet. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and this one's got a an actual like resolution. It's just like a, a single note, but it doesn't do a fade out like a lot of the other ones have done. Yeah, and I think like all the other instruments like kinda drop out like one at a time kind of thing until it's just a yeah. guitar with a little bit of like ambient sounds. That's right, yeah. Yeah. And yeah, no, it doesn't fade out. Alex, anything else to say about this? It's cool. It's a cool version. A lot of cool, cool. sounds. I mean, the structure yeah. is basically the same as the original, but they kind of swap it out. Keep the like epic nature of the original, but with a lot of different sounds that uh, change the flavor quite a bit. Mm-hmm. It's a lot of stuff that's that we a, don't necessarily yeah. hear that often. And I think that's great. Yeah, I wonder if you play this in Chile, they're like, ugh. <laughs> Not one, one of these. Oh, I mean, she's pretty Chilean popular music. down there. So. <laughs> <laughs> she's popular there, I would assume, if she's According popular. According to what I read, anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, this is a, a good version. Good stuff. Let's talk about Phoebe Bridgers, uh, yes. a singer-songwriter guitarist from LA who's a year younger than us. Oh. Yep. Incre- incredibly famous. Couldn't be much more from the heart. Forever trusting who we are. And nothing else matters. Yeah, God, I hate that. Um, That's the, my, it's the worst. <laughs> We're just at that age geez, now. I, the name seemed very familiar, and I, I couldn't think, like, I don't know any of her songs, but she was on Man on the Moon 3, so that might be where I know her name oh, Okay, I've, I've seen her name, like, yeah. come up, and she's won As some pop awards. Artist. And yeah, yeah so. I've just kind of, like, seen her in the mix, but I don't know if I necessarily, yeah. like, I, I couldn't even tell you what Man on the Moon 3 track she was on, because yeah, I don't, remember I don't know either. the album that well, but... Um, yeah, Spotify calls her name. indie pop, but honestly, overall, it's that like close mic, soft intensity that you would get from like a Billie Eilish song. Fantastic, Alex, which leads me to a quote by Phoebe Bridgers. Ooh. It was just so fun to take a part in it, she says, of being on the Metallica Blacklist. I feel like my version almost sounds Baroque. Literally, James Hetfield does all sort of weird octave jumps and stuff that I can't do, and I almost have a... Billie Eilish approach, Uh, right by the the microphone, performing it opposite of them, which was really fun to lean into. That's that's so interesting you say that, because, like, when I listen to this version, and, like, she is, like, so, like, quiet and, like, reserved, I guess, I was Mm -hmm. thinking, like, man, do people actually, like, enjoy singing like this? Is this fun to them? Because, like, if I I was to sing, (laughs) I'm a really bad singer, but I'd want to, like, belt it like, like James Hetfield does. So it's just, yeah. just interesting that she says she found it fun to sing like that. Yeah, I wonder if that differs from her typical style because I I could I see her being fun in in well, yeah. singing. Okay, well, like, she's got your kind of sweet, soft indie baby voice on this track I'm listening to right now. Okay, like higher. I'm kind of like something and we have fun last summer and I'm okay. kind of whispering but I at least have a bit of emotion. <laughs> but not like this necessarily. Yeah. Did you do you look on her Wikipedia? Um, I did. I saw a bit, a little bit there. Well, just uh, like it, it said that her music's been categorized as indie rock, indie folk, and emo folk. <laughs> emo, as we call emo. <laughs> Which, like, I don't think this sounds like any of those. It doesn't sound like indie rock or folk. 
it's like got emo, but I don't think the song is folk. It's just like emo pop, I guess. Yeah, there's a. I I mean, maybe she's right with a little of that baroque element, which seems to just equate to spooky piano. I guess Ooh. it is very spooky. <laughs> yeah. Yes, I was actually kind of based on the start expecting this to be like a solo piano deal, but it yes. uh, it, mm. it is not. It changes quite a bit. It does more, um, yeah. but yeah, it does. the The piano does have a bit of like a sinister element, even though it's like it's very mellow piano sonically. But when it gets up high, it gets yeah, kind of a weird tinge to it, and I don't fully understand. So it's almost like sinister and a bit cozy at the same time. Yeah, yeah, it is both of those, yeah. and I don't think it sounds like the, like the guitar track it's trying to mimic like at all, unless I just can't put it together in my mind. But it sounds like it's doing a completely different thing mostly yeah it's uh let's make it now now that we've we're thinking about it, it makes me think more of aria of the soul than it does <laughs> oh yeah nothing else matters yeah, a little more of a classical which i guess yeah. would be baroque adjacent certainly yeah. to the untrained ear such as mine it definitely like it stands out it's really got a cool little means. melody but um like yeah it doesn't sound like the original to me at all but it's a neat sound. Mm-hmm. If a bit spooky. A bit spooky. It could yeah. definitely go on a Halloween playlist unchecked. Nobody would be like, oh, this is nothing else matters. You yeah, know, which is a, a cool vibe to add. Yeah. Mm-hmm. To the sort of intensity of the original. Quiet intensity. Yeah, you know what I could picture is uh, Meatloaf's character in the I'd Do Anything for Love music video playing this on his little old-timey organ. <laughs> <laughs> And then sliding somewhere. <laughs> yeah, just shooting off on his little throne. <laughs> um, yeah, a lot of spooky energy on this. She does some double tracks with her herself where she's like very up high on mm-hmm. the choruses. Uh, it is really dominated by that piano riff. That... Yeah, that's like always present. Mm-hmm. Even, even when like the strings start to build up a little bit. You can still really hear that do-do-do-do-do-do. And it's, I think it's a catchy little riff. It's very catchy. But it's not nothing else matters. It certainly isn't. But I do like it. Yeah. And then, yeah, see, so we do get that string coming in uh, after the first chorus, right? Yeah. Yes, and I, like I think... some big, dark electronic stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so we almost start to reach a similar a vibe to, to PG Rock Set, or at least we start pulling similar elements. Yeah, of that sort of like sure. moody pop. Yeah, dark, spooky, emo pop. Yeah. Oh, and, and we there's, get that... there's the violins. Yes. like Right at the end? Uh, it's about like 240 or something. You get like, oh. I don't know how you how you call it, like staccato or, or something, where they're like very like like the psycho, like kind of. Thing. They're very spooky violins as well. Yeah, they're very, uh, they almost overtake everything else and they sound like I had to check to make sure nothing else was playing because I was like, what the fuck yeah. is this? <laughs> what is this yeah, spooky it's, violin? It's like a descending version of that kind of psycho vibe. Yeah, just like quite like <laughs> juddery. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then it'll lead to very, very also spooky drums i guess it's like just yeah. like bass drum yeah with like some like decay or something yeah like, 
Yeah, something. Yeah, you really feel like that goes, pace. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it gets pretty overwhelming. The the bass drum. Hmm. Although when those drums are coming in, you can't really hear that piano anymore. <laughs> yeah, it starts to yeah, it disappears once that uh, that drum starts filling up space. I think it's just gone, actually, isn't it? Yeah, the piano just it's goes the... at the end. Yeah, it comes back for a bit. Right at the end. Go to like, yeah, like three forty-five. I want to say it comes back. Oh, okay, yeah. I'm just yeah. thinking like the last like thirty seconds, like it's gone. It's just like the drums and a little bit of string, mm -hmm. which does do the nothing else matters sound. It's like the first time, pretty much, you get the actual like instruments from Nothing Else Matters. Right. Yeah, and we get like vocals, bit of drum, like right, and those strings in at the end there. Yeah, and then it's just yeah. done. No fade. No fade. Actually, I think only one of the covers had a fade. Was that uh, My it? Morning Jacket? I thought Miley Cyrus did it too. No, she didn't have a fade. It was only PG mm. Roxette. Oh, okay. Yeah. I'm a fool then. Whew. Usually we note the fades. <laughs> Yeah, usually. Usually we have some I'm strong trying words to take less outs. specific notes like that. Oh, okay. <laughs> Fair enough. You know? well, sometimes it's valuable. Sometimes. Yeah, Alex. Acknowledge um, me. Alex. Speaking of your, your valuable notes, Alex, you got anything else of value to say about the Phoebe Bridges value? No, not really. I think we mostly covered it. It's kind of, as much as the PG Rocks that had modern elements, this one sounds more modern than that. This is kind of... Yeah, maybe perhaps that. leaning into that Billie Eilish vibe. Yeah, and a little more distinctive in terms of the vocals, for sure. Mm -hmm. But I would compare them. They are in my comparable. Mind. All right, so we're going to move on to our final verdicts. We've got three categories today. The worst version, the best version, and the version that you would put on a blacklist because it's just too fucking crazy. <laughs> you can't have that thing coming into your... your Airplanes? That's mostly what blacklists are for, right? Oh, right, like a no-fly list. <laughs> yeah, like a no-fly list, or like a you you wouldn't work with this thing because it's it's nuts, it's out of its mind. It's different from the worst version. I want to clarify that. Right. Yeah. It's the worst version you can listen to, but you or it's a version you might listen to but wouldn't want to spend time with. That's right. Alex has got it. Whoa. <laughs> now, John, tell hey. us what's the worst version of this. I think the worst version for me is. The My Morning Jacket version, um, because, like we said, it does get very repetitive. Um, I personally wasn't a fan of like how they changed the vocal melody so much, mm. um, and just the vocals sounded like they just didn't have that much energy in them. Like a lot of like the yes just kind of like trailed uh. off. Yeah, they felt like a little bit, uh, a little sedated, a little <laughs> bit. Yeah. So yeah, like I. Thought there was like very little emotion in that version so that's my worst that's fair all right alex what do you have to say about that oh, i'm tempted to give it to them too but i liked that version i think like, it's a bold trick they do yeah i think it, it's cool that they switch it up i don't think it quite does it quite makes it ah oh, man i think i'm gonna give it to pg roxette even though i also liked that one because I just I feel like it could do more with with the vocals. They're kind of not much. Mm -hmm. I feel like that needed some focus. 
Yeah, I, you both raised some good points here, and yeah. that, I think those two versions do suffer similar. I think they both have some some strong points behind them as well. Like nothing else matters by Morning Jacket. If you listen to maybe the first thirty seconds of, you're gonna come away being like, "That's crazy that they did that." And it, yeah, it like right works. off the bat, it starts, and I was like, "Yeah, I'm into this." Like I was almost just based on that, like the most di- being the most different, ready to give it best, and then it kind of kept going and didn't hmm. fulfill its promise. Yeah, it's that's their only trick, right? Imagine if a magician kept showing you the same card. Be like, this is your card, though. And you're like, yes, I know that. Can yes. you do another trick? He's like, mm, I found your card. <laughs> like, yes, I know. <laughs> Show me something else. That's what my morning jacket does. Uh, whereas PG Roxette maybe banks just a little bit too much on the Per Gessel name and him mm. having some vocal chops. And so which is the worst offense of those two is the question I have to ask myself. And we're gonna give it to. Oh, this is tough. I'm gonna give it to. I'm gonna give it to PG Rockset. <laughs> that was a tough one. I think that was tough. It really is down to the wire. But I think with Phoebe Bridgers having her own like dark, moody pop version, it kind of eliminates the need for a PG Rockset version. Hmm. Yeah, especially and, like if the male vocals don't add anything. Mm-hmm. Because that could have been a cool like duet. Yeah. And so that's that's what takes it is because at least my morning jacket, there's nothing else on the playlist, even amongst the ones we didn't talk about, that really try something similar to that. Right. So they get to hold their own ground and having having broke sort of new ground on what you can do with a nothing else matters cover. Just because they didn't do the best job of it, I mean, that just means they're the worst of all time. Still pretty bad though. <laughs> best version, John. What is it? Um, this was a this was a pretty tough one. I liked three of them pretty well one of them was pg hmm. Roxette actually but like it doesn't doesn't quite cut it mostly because of the the male vocals i'm gonna give it to the the miley cyrus version um i thought it had the most energy of all the other versions like her vocal range was was pretty exceptional i, I thought like she started out so low i was like this doesn't really fit the song but like when she gets up onto the chorus and like even like beyond like going up to the solo she like really, really gives it, and I, I thought mm-hmm. it, it's it's maybe like a little bit busy, but I think it's a, a pretty unique version with so many of those like big names in it. Yeah, that you could round them all up together and even get a track <laughs> laid down is pretty impressive. Yeah, mm-hmm. and there's a lot of good sounds on there. Um, I'd I think my problem with it is is you have all these big names. No matter what you did on that track, people are going to listen to it. So you could have been just a little braver with what we laid down on the final track. Everybody does great performances, sure, but it really is just nothing else matters without it's very any close to the original other take. Yeah. If they had had even an inkling, I don't, I don't, I'm not saying I want them to do the My Morning Jacket version, but with those people. But if they had the 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 balls to kind of like say, we're going to take this in a strange direction. That might have really elevated that one for me. That said, still well put together. Still a good choice. The choice of John Bell and and Metal Hammer. Alex, oh, yeah. what is your best of? What is my best? Um, I think uh, that Mon Laferte edges it out a little bit. It's definitely more my speed. And uh, there's some really cool sounds in that one. And there's some... Uh, yeah. I don't have much yeah. else to say about that. I one. think, although I, I like think that. I almost gave it to Phoebe Bridgers. I liked that one too. Phoebe Bridgers has a good take. It's, but having talked with it just with you guys now, I was very distracted by 
everything. <laughs> like, <laughs> it, like John is saying, it's like, is this nothing else matters? It's like, kind of. Like, <laughs> yeah. I'm so distracted by all these pieces going on, and they all sound very cool. Uh, but you could have taken that, even that piano line by itself, and made a whole different song. It didn't have to be nothing else matters. Yeah, I think if you took out the vocals and like the, the string at the end and mm -hmm. just listened to it, you would never guess it was nothing else matters. Yeah, and so maybe there's it just doesn't have enough of the original DNA in there to really to really be what I look for in a cover. I like to see covers that acknowledge that they are, you know, standing on the shoulders of giants as it were. Mm -hmm. They're yes anding. I like to see that. I don't know that Phoebe Bridgers has that. But you know who definitely has that is Mon Lafert, who I think takes that that classical guitar and says like, "Let's do all that. Let's Let's take the song in that direction. We're still holding on to the sort of emotional core of it. We've still got that sort of melancholy, like, yearning feel going on. But we're fully taking it to this this Chilean vibe. We're, and I think it does a great job of it. Those instrumentals were killer. Um, and she, has, she, she fills up six minutes of space, and it doesn't seem to drag. So I really do like that one. That's true. Yeah, that's a, a good point about it. Like, never dragging. There's always something interesting going on in it. Mm-hmm. And the, the same can be said for the the Miley Cyrus version as well. Mm -hmm. It's like because it is quite full. But yes. I think just in terms of songs, I was excited to hear. I think Mon Laferte was like, "Whoa, what's going on here?" I think I'm also like approaching it as like a a, a metal fan. So like, mm. I think that's the one that like gets me the most excited. The one like that I could I could headbang to more than any of the other versions. So maybe that's why right. it edges out for me. Now, let me ask this. Is there a lot of headbanging that goes on when Nothing Else Matters plays at a Metallica live show? I don't remember. Um, Slow headbanging. But I, I'm thinking like half-mast headbang. Just like that lead up and probably to the solo, there's probably a little bit there. Right. Yeah, when the but guitar yeah, like, gets heavy, I guess. I yeah. feel like it's more of a lighter song until that moment. Yes, yeah, definitely there's not much. But like, yeah, I'm just thinking that build up that and to the solo just just kind of gets it going, I think. Right, and so you need that. You think the song needs that sort of release, or at least as a metal fan, you need that fucking end kick. Yeah, maybe subconsciously, I think I do. <laughs> Fair enough. That's excellent. Well, and now for our wildcard category, which one of these is, are, you, are you blacklisting? Oh yeah. Who's too crazy to be to be seen in public? Um, I think it's got to be PG Roxette, because, like you said, uh, the per per Gessel or however you say his name just sounds like a, a bit of an old man and he doesn't really belong on the song so i think he's he shouldn't shouldn't be seen around him he's too old <laughs> he's too old yeah <laughs> that's fair too old to to be listened to well <laughs> <laughs> please do not do not attribute that quote to me <laughs> it's okay I'll, I'll take credit for that one <laughs> alex who are you blacklisting who am I blacklisting? Uh, Phoebe Bridgers for the opposite version. Too young. <laughs> yeah, fair. Keep young people. Yep, just keep the young people away from me. Wait, isn't she 27? Yep, way too, too young. young. Oh, okay. <laughs> All right, solid Alex. Fair choice. And you know what? She is, she is a bit of a loose cannon. I'll give you that. Um, I'm gonna blacklist my morning jacket because you know what we can't have that kind. Of, that's true loose canonism. It's like you took these guys to a live Metallica show and they're like, "Oh, you guys want to do?" And they they come up with Metallica. They're like, "Let's do nothing else matters." <laughs> <laughs> they bust out this shit. And you're like, "No, you get the fuck out of here. You don't come back, my morning jacket." They would probably get things thrown at them. To be fair, yeah. 
Yeah, it would be it would be a rough crowd in there, yeah. I, I assure you. So in order to prevent rioting at Metallica shows, or any <laughs> shows for that matter, my morning jacket's on the blacklist. Good pick. <laughs> that is our final verdict. You got different opinions, similar opinions. Want to talk about some of the versions we didn't talk about, whether they're on the blacklist or not. Hit us up on Twitter, hashtag CoverMePod, at JakeTheCressy, at SomeAlexWiseGuy, at SirJohnSnow. You can also email us at CoverMePod at gmail.com. Send us your comments, questions, concerns, suggestions for future episodes. We almost did a whole month of John's suggestions, and we still haven't done everything he's suggested to us over the years. So, I mean, we'll get to it. We're doing it, folks. It nice. happens. If you want to hear a song that for us to talk about, send in an email. Rate us, review us. We're on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. Spotify, Stitcher, Amazon Music Podcasts, or whatever their thing is. We're everywhere. We're in this, people. Tell your friends about us. Tell your mother about us, because she worries about what you're doing when the door's closed. Now, it's time for a bonus segment that I didn't think to name. Usually I got a good name. Let's go with subgenre quiz. <laughs> Question mark. <laughs> Question mark. <laughs> Listen, we Alex and I have talked about before about how metal subgenres are many and terrifying. And John, you being a known metal fan, we want to I want to put this to the test. I want to see if you can beat Alex in this quiz wherein I will state the name of a genre and y'all have to tell me whether it's real or just some shit I made up. Ooh, okay. Oh. I think Alex should probably guess first on these then. Sure. That that seems fair. Yeah, that um, makes sense. Just in case I do know it somehow. Just in case you probably, yeah, I would almost always like go with what you said. Yeah, going to know. You're going to know. Okay, oh, I'm excited. But let's start out here. So the first one. This is this is a. All right, here we go. The first one is, Metal Billy. Real. I would guess real. That is false. That is some shit oh. I made up. Whoa. <laughs> that is rockabilly. <laughs> I know, right? That's amazing. <laughs> Coming up next, we have. Unblack metal. No way. There's no way that's real. I'm also guessing that's fake. That is true. It's a, form of, a form of Christian Off to metal. A good start. <laughs> form of Excellent. black metal where they don't burn churches. Okay. Basically, yeah, it's like Christian metal with black metal vibes. Oh, cool. Coming up next, we have Kawaii metal. That's gotta that be real. Kawaii metal. That's yeah, that's real. that's real. That's baby metal. Yeah, that's exactly. That's an easy one. All right. So you guys, you guys are both up one point. All right. <laughs> Coming up next, we have no metal. Sounds a lot like new metal. Once again, that was no metal. No metal. I'm gonna say no. Not real. Yeah, I think that's fake as well. <sighs> Fuck. Okay, that was a fake one. All right. <laughs> you got <Hey>. me. <laughs> Okay, so you're both two points up. It's a it's a dead heat here. We've also the next one I have the for same you, every single time. That's <laughs> <Yeah>. right. <laughs> the next one up here is porno grind. Porno grind. I'm gonna say that's real. I, I'm pretty sure I've actually heard of that term before. So yeah, real. That is a real one. Congratulations. Okay. Don't know what it is. You guys are like... three and three. Oh. Uh, it's grindcore, grindcore and something else. It's sexually explicit lyrics are part of it. Oh, so okay. That's part of what makes it porno that makes grind. Sense. Okay, yeah. Oh, next up, my personal favorite, Gothenburg Mellow Death. <laughs> oh, that's so specific. Um, I'm going to say it's fake. 
That one's true. I think that's like in flames or something like that. That is 100% yeah. true. John Bell steals yes. the lead with four points. Uh, I knew the Gothenburg was going to throw you off, Alex. Pacific, <laughs> man. Next up, we have Samurai Metal. Oh, fuck. Um, also fake. Going with fake. <sighs> fuck. I think that's probably fake. That is correct. That is fake. So it's now as four to five. Next up, we have Blackened Death Metal. That is Blackened Death Blackened Metal. Blackened Death Metal. Real. Yeah, that's real. I've been getting into a lot of Blackened Deathcore recently. <laughs> okay. Excellent. That is a true one. What makes it is Blackened? Five to six. Uh, I you think... just leave it in the oven too long. <laughs> I think it brings in like um, symphonic elements, actually. Okay. Yeah. To make it like sound colder, I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, this is the last one. I've saved this one because it's very special. Heavy negative wizard metal. Oh fuck! <laughs> Heavy negative wizard metal. Negative. I'm going for real. I feel like you've made this one up. I'll say fake. <laughs> now this is. This is one of those scenarios where an artist has said that this is their <laughs> genre of music. Right. So I I think both are fair in this in this category. So that's a point for both of you. Because they just made that shit up. Yeah, they just made that shit up. So you know, somebody would would technically say, "Oh yeah, it's my genre of music," but it's it's one artist. That does uh, one artist does not a genre make. True. Yeah. What's the artist out of interest? Um. Fuck. I didn't remember to put. Oh. Okay. That's okay. It's, uh, let's. I'm gonna find it for you here. Okay. That's John. You took it by one point. Oh, that was close. Well played, Alex. Ooh. Well played. That is uh, Rebel Wizard is the artist. Rebel well, Wizard, I guess huh? That explains the wizard. Yeah. Bit. Yeah, I think yeah, that's just them making up their own stuff. It doesn't count. <laughs> it doesn't count. Um. So John, I like to think it, it counts because it gives me a point. <laughs> that's true. You still don't win though, Alex. Though it makes it very close. Uh, John, you're lucky. Alex almost took the title of Metalhead Know-It-All. That would have been... Along with Music Expert. Fuck, Ooh. that would be too much. Be too yeah. much, I'd have to increase his pay. That would be too much for me. <laughs> I wouldn't be able to handle that. It's a lot too of responsibility. responsibility. yeah. yeah. <laughs> and that is our bonus segment. John, thank you so much for joining us once again. Thank you for having me. Two weeks in a row. It's a first in Cover Me history. Yeah, holy uh, crap. Yeah. Congratulations on, on breaking new ground, just Thank like you. my morning jacket did. Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> One more time, John, where can people find your stuff? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Sir John Snow or on YouTube at Noiseberry Games. You can just get there by going to noiseberrygames.com and it'll just redirect you to the YouTube channel. Perfect. Be sure to check it out, folks. There's some good stuff there. Regular updates as well, three to four videos a week. Come on. How can you say no to that? That's the end of the episode, and as we always say on Cover Me, all these words I don't just say, and Cover Me matters. <laughs>